Columbia Central Lions football on WKRM is brought to you in part by Parks Motor Sales, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Roof Systems Inc., Right Care, Columbia Franklin Kubota, Ten Pin Alley, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, Holland's Pharmacy, Columbia Foodland, Beck Dental Care, Ledrich and CSH Incorporated, Brown's Body Shop, Murray Regional Medical Center, Quick Marks, Davis Heating and Cooling, and by Sands Fence Company. Here's Lee Maddox. And welcome in everyone to the final week of the regular season of the Tennessee high school football season. And tonight it's the Backyard Bowl as your Columbia Central Lions will face off with the Spring Hill Raiders here at Buford Vladney Stadium in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Good evening again, everyone. For Terry Wilcox, Coach Mike Lyle, I'm Lee Maddox, and we are high atop the press box here at Spring Hill, and we'll have the call of tonight's game for you at the top of the hour as these two teams play in the finale of the regular season. And definitely these two are headed uh, in different directions as the Raiders will wrap up their season tonight while the Lions will finish second in Region 6-5A despite the outcome of tonight's game and they will host a playoff game next week. Coach Mike Lyle, uh, you know, they're, they're having senior night here for the Spring Hill uh, football team and the band and the, all the cheerleaders and everything, but uh, again you throw out the records in this yes. game, uh, this thing has been a backyard type bowl so to speak, for the past five years anyway. But obviously uh, there's a lot on the line for it, Spring Hill. This will be their kind of their playoff game, yes, so to it's, speak. Yes, it's, it's basically their playoff game. They want to be the spoilers. So they want to be the ones that, uh, you know, one of the few teams that knocked off Central this year. Uh, they they know that Central's heavily favored coming into this, and uh, they're, they're just looking to, to, to spoil the party for us. Uh, getting ready to go into the playoffs. Uh, they know that they packed stuff up this week at, after tonight anyway. And so they want to go out as, as loud and proud as they can. And uh, so I, I expect I expect a strong effort from them, at least at the beginning. Uh, now, whether or not they can sustain that effort and whether or not, the, the, you know, if, if we can get up on them early, uh, that effort tends to drop out pretty quick. But uh, we, we can't take anything for granted against them either. And Terry Wilcox, we appreciate you being here and uh, your take on this. And we're again, we're we're up on top of the press box here, so we've got a really, <laughs> as they say, the bird's eye view oh, of this ball game tonight. Absolutely, and I got checked with uh, my wife. We're coming through loud and clear in Columbia. Good signal. Uh, yeah, Mike and I were the pack mules today. We uh, lugged all this equipment up here, our canopy, and but uh, we need to stay dry. But looking for a good game. Uh, you know, you just don't know the records. Obviously, don't don't look the same. But uh, hey, this is a very very good rivalry. Uh, it's been good games the last four years. So uh, I know we're looking for a good game. We're looking for a win out of Columbia. But uh, anything can happen in these type of games. So you know, let's uh, let's play well. Let's uh, play hard. No make no mistakes, and and then move on. Get ready for the playoffs next week at Columbia Central. No doubt about it, and uh, obviously, as everyone knows, there's 
you know, been this kind of intermittent type of misting rain most of the day today. It's at the present time, it's kind of stopped right here at Spring Hill. But looking on the radar, there's still a little of this kind of stuff floating around. We might get a little, but it looks very minimal in terms of what we will get here. But the conditions are a little wet. And, uh, I mean, it's, you know, 55 degrees, 54 degrees. That's what kind of football weather is, you'd think, uh, here as we approach November. And here we are, you know, on the, the kind of the eve of Halloween. So yeah. A little bite in the air, which is what, you know, ball players want. You know, the, you know you're not sitting out there sweating like crazy in uniform and, and, and stuff. There's a little nip in the air and, and, and kind of keeps you refreshed while you're playing down there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, let's let's hope we, we the, the, our guys will stay on mission tonight and uh, refreshed and not be thinking too far ahead. I mean, you, you, you know, the coaches and all have got to be thinking in terms of uh, the playoffs because, you know, that's kind of what they're playing football for is to to play in the playoffs. So if you're the coach of the Lions, you know, you're wanting to be kind of careful how you go about handling this. But in the same sense, you know, it's Spring Hill. It's a rivalry game. It's, you know, bragging rights for a year for the neighbors right here beside you. So it's also kind of a fine line. It's also a momentum game. Uh, you don't want to go into the playoffs. If you can help it, you don't want to go into the playoffs with a loss, you know, the week before. You want to win. You want to win with, with strength. You want to win with dominance. And uh, that that gives us this opportunity to do this. Be a be a confidence builder as you're going into what's going to be a challenging uh, uh, postseason. And and so uh, we want, you know, you want that, that, that momentum to continue as it did uh, – couple of weeks ago. Uh, now, the other thing that you get worried about here, especially on field conditions like this, and, and uh, you know, you know, as every coach, <laughs> you get scared about the conditions of, uh, of a possible injury here. You, you, you want to, you don't want your kids thinking about it, but as the co- in the back of your head as a coach, you're constantly thinking about that, and you want to get control of this game as fast as possible so you can uh, take care of your team in a sense. Uh, and that's going to be a real big goal for Coach Moore today. Well, very good. Well, the Lions come in here tonight. Uh, they're they're five and four. With while the Raiders got their first win of the year last week, as they beat uh, you know, another county rival, Mount Pleasant, fourteen to seven. They are now one and seven on the season, and they would like nothing, as you said, better than anything to close out their season here with a win over the Lions in the Backyard Bowl. It's the fifth year of, of this thing they call the Backyard Bowl. Uh, the, the, the series, as you, you, might, you might think that they've played a whole lot more, they've only played 23 times since 1936. That's when the first game was played, but they've only played a total of 23 times, and uh, Spring Hills only won one of those games. So it's 22-1 and one is the record, Columbia over over Spring Hill. And, and for the most part, Spring Hill was uh, up the last few years it was a 4A school. They just went up to 5A this year and joining Columbia Central as there was an alignment with teams moving up and down. So, But we're rivals. Uh, you know, they've had some coaching changes at Spring Hill. Uh, hopefully, you know, they get headed in the right direction because no matter what, you want all your county teams to be competitive and you want them to be good. So we'd like to see all the teams in the playoffs. We're not going to probably get that this year, but uh, we know Columbia Central is going to the playoffs. I think Columbia Academy has a shot if they win tonight. So. Yeah. 
So we'll see, but Mount Pleasant will not make it, and uh, Spring Hill will not make it. But we, we want nothing more than to play a good, close, competitive game with them year after year. But, of course, for Columbia, we want to always come out on top. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Well, Columbia has not played since beating Lincoln County in that 42-7 to game two weeks ago. And, of course, they had a bye last week, which was just kind of unusual to have a bye uh, in week 10 of the of the regular football yeah. season. But, you know, as uh, we'll hear from Coach Moore here shortly, you know, that gave them a chance to, to kind of heal up a little bit. It's, but, uh, it is unusual, but it's also sometimes it's advantageous. Uh, like you said, get to heal up a lot of your dings. Um, you know, not nobody, no team here is completely unscathed at this stage of the season. Everybody's got bumps and bruises and twists and recovering and stuff like that. And that that late season off week uh, is a really really good time to get healed up to to maybe even put some new wrinkles in for the playoffs and and, and practice those without without much you know game risk and stuff. Without a doubt. So, but I'd say even though. This game will not affect region standings, uh, so to speak, in the playoff bracket. They still have a lot of pride in what this game, uh, you know, and and want this game as much as anyone. Lewis and all the other seniors on this team want this one perhaps more than any of the year. They talk about this, you know, and, and especially those, and we'll hear from at least one senior as we hear from the players here shortly. But, uh, you know, those seniors, they, they take great pride that they hadn't lost uh, to Spring Hill in their time here. At uh, at Columbia Central High School, so that's a, that's a m- definitely a something of pride to them. They want to try to go out on top in the in beating Spring yeah, you, Hill, always, you always want to be able to brag, have the bragging rights over your cross county rivals. Uh, no that's doubt. always that's always the goal you want on that. Uh, I think with with Spring Hills win Pleasant. I think that puts this game in contention. <laughs> this is the final game of the what the some kind of county cup or something that uh, uh, that was started uh, started up. So this the, whoever wins this game ends up winning the uh, the county challenge cup Without and stuff. So that's, there's you know a uh, little bit you know little little bits and pieces here and there. Like you said, uh, the the main motivator motivating factor right here, like you said, is pride. You know, Central wants to keep their their dominant record intact, and Mount uh, excuse me. Spring Hill wants to upset the card a little bit. No doubt about it. And, you know, a lot of these kids, uh, you know, they might have gone to middle school, elementary school together back uh, years ago. Uh, So, you know, they're in the same county. There's no doubt that they interact with one another and know about each other. So, uh, as I said, this this series began in 1936. Columbia's got a 22 and one overall record over Spring Hill. The only loss coming back in 2003 that was in Columbia. But there have been some close ones in the series, but not last year as the Lions won 27 to three. So there's still a lot of seniors that are being recognized here, and I'm not sure they're showing. Uh, we're about 10 minutes, nine minutes away from what should be the kickoff. Not <laughs> sure that we'll get there or not but so if we've got the chance we'll hear from our senior players uh, or, uh, excuse me not just seniors I just talked to a few of our few of the Lion football players today about uh, what they're expecting tonight here at Spring Hill tight end and uh, defensive end Jace Hove. Jace, uh, you got the backyard bowl tonight. Uh, your thoughts on this game tonight? Uh, your third one that you've yeah. played in, right? Yes, sir. Um, 
I think it'll be a good game. If we just show up and play and do what we, got, we can do, I think we'll uh, win the game. Obviously, you've, you've had some time off, two weeks. Uh, not necessarily get ready for this game. That's just the way the schedule fell. You had the bye last week. Does, does that have any issues with it in your mind, or does it giving that time off get you a little more focused or, or what? Uh, I definitely think we need to take things uh, one week at a time. You know, we can't just look over like anybody. Uh, you know, teams can show up and beat you anytime, so I think we just got to focus it one week at a time. And obviously, you can throw the records out of this game because it's about who wants it. Mm-hmm. And I think y'all probably had a good week of practice, and you want this game even though you've already secured your spot in the playoffs next week. Does that have an effect on tonight? I mean, you definitely want momentum going into the playoffs, especially, you know, looking at teams like potentially Hillsboro that's on a, a good winning streak right now, you know, just having a, you know, just going into the playoffs with a winning win is good. All right, good luck tonight. Thank you. DeAndre Mathers gathers with us here now as uh, the Columbia Lions get set to, for the Backyard Bowl and the Spring Hill Raiders. Uh, DeAndre, your thoughts on the game tonight? Uh, we just have to play hard, stay focused, and have a good game. And read our plays. We know we're going to win at the end of the day, but stay focused. Yeah, It's hard to believe, but this is the last regular season game. You, you know, look back at the season. You had a Talk about it. Uh, you got to be, uh, I, I mean, pretty excited. Your five and four record. You wish you could have gotten some of those wins that you didn't, but still a pretty good season. You finished second in the region. Yes, sir. You're right. Um, we lost a lot. We learned through the losses, but we're going to pull together this game and get ready for the playoff season. Very good. Good luck tonight. Thank you. And now joining me is uh, senior lineman Jordan Brooks. Jordan, uh, the last regular season game of the year of the 2021 season. Uh, what's this mean to you to, to be playing Spring Hill in the Backyard Bowl tonight? It means a lot. It's, it's my last like, regular season game in, the, uh, in my senior season. It kind of sucks it's my last game. But, I mean, it's a, it's a good last game because it's versus Spring Hill, which is a, it, which is a rivalry that, that we do every year. And hopefully this year we come out and we beat them again have we, like we have been the last four years I've played for Columbia Central. Yeah, that's got to be a special feeling to get those first three. And now uh, you and Lewis and some of those other seniors here uh, are trying to go out on that winning note, you know, uh, and shut them out, so to speak. Yes, sir. Hopefully the score is, like, up before halftime and they <laughs> lay down. But we'll see how tonight hands us. And they always kind of play you tough, right? They're, they're always bringing their, their A game to, to this game because, you know, as we know, they didn't, they're not going to be playing next week like you are. Yeah. Tonight is their last game, but tonight is not our last game. We, we have a home playoff game that we haven't did in a, in a long time here at Columbia Central. So hopefully we go out there and we win, and then we get ready for next week. That's the main. Uh, that's the main topic that we're trying to focus on at practice. And so you're not overlooking Spring Hill, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. No, not really. <laughs> but but I feel like our team is more than capable of beating Spring Hill this year. All right. Well, good luck tonight, Jordan, and we'll look forward to a victory tonight and to get into the playoffs next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it from uh, some perspectives from some of our players. That was senior Jordan Brooks, uh, the offensive and defensive lineman, and also a captain for the Lions, and Jace Hoth also in there. He's a captain, and 
and then uh, also DeAndre Mathers. So it sounds like, guys, the, the fellows are ready to play this game. They're not maybe going to overlook this. Uh, you never know what's going to happen in a football game. That's why they play these things. Again, yeah, that's that old cl- there's a cliche for a reason. You know, they... That's why they play the games and, and, and stuff. We know what to expect. We know what should happen. But uh, that very rarely does happen the way you, you plan for it and stuff. So, no doubt about it. So so they're still recognizing the seniors here at Spring Hill High School. And with that, we'll take a break to kind of thank some of our sponsors along the way. And, again, we just appreciate the sponsors of, of Columbia Central Lions football. That's what makes this broadcast possible. And, and, so, uh, and we appreciate each of you listening. And hope the, that you're hearing us. It sounds like I think we're getting out on the air very good tonight. So, uh, Coach Mike and Terry, thank you all for getting us set up and getting us ready for broadcast. And we'll hear from Coach Moore as we come out of the break here as we get ready to kick off the Week 11 high school football season here as Columbia will take on Spring Hill. You're listening to Columbia Central Alliance Football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. By now you all know about Don, our service truck guy. Well, let me tell you about another member of our service team, and that's Mike Ashley. He's the guy you'll talk to when you call the office. Just call and talk to Mike one time at 931-540-0919, and you'll see why we're lucky to have him here at the Garbage Man. Thanks, Mike, for all you do to keep the Garbage Man first in service. That's 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Wondering what Coach Moore has to say about tonight's game? Let's check in with Lee Maddox, who sits down with the coach. Head coach John Moore of the Columbia Central Lions joins me now. And uh, Coach Moore, it's week 11, and that means you've had a bye week, and this is the final regular season game of the year. Your team comes in 5-4 and four with the bye last week and playing a Spring Hill team that's hadn't done so well this year, but when this, as we both know, this game, you never know what to expect. But tell me about what your thoughts are on facing Spring Hill tonight in the backyard bowl. Well, we always expect that we'll get their their best game when when they play us. Um, so uh, we've we've just been uh, trying to stay in our routine and and just be as normal as possible. And I know you you had that week off and things maybe. Uh, when you throw in a bye week, it's not normal, but sometimes it comes to your advantage. It gets you some folks back uh, that a little bit, when they're banged up a little bit, gets them uh, a little better prepared to play in the game. How's that been with the bye week? Yeah, that that, that has helped uh, with, with people that have been hagging, having nagging injuries because, you know, nobody's 100% at this point in the season. And so it, uh, it did come at a good time uh, for that. Unusual to come that late in the season, but that's just kind of the way you all schedule kind of fell together. Well, that happened before I came on board, so I, 
But uh, still, it's unusual to have a buy this into late in the season. Yeah, fairly unusual. Agreed. Yeah, but you got to take that to your advantage. You've, I'm assuming you've had a good week this week of practice. Yeah, we felt we felt pretty good about it, and uh, you know we got we got two we practiced twice last week. You know, so we feel like we're prepared. And uh, obviously, Spring Hill is going to bring, uh, as you said, their A game, or at least this is their playoff game because they don't play next week, and you do. Yeah, that's correct. So, um, like I said, we expect their best game, um, um, but I, I'm not. I'm not really concerned about our guys getting up for this one. So, uh, you got to reflect back on the season. Uh, it's been successful because at this point you're finishing second in the region, and I know everybody wants to finish first, but you did finish second. So you got to be kind of at least satisfied to some extent that you are going to host a playoff game that's what that means to finish second it's been quite a journey uh i've been pretty well i've been pretty pleased with you know how we've improved and you know i think we've improved greatly since you know three months ago and uh yeah we're hosting a playoff game first time since 2012 and uh, uh you know it's we're looking for big things in the playoffs and i know you're not going to look ahead or you it's you know that's just you can't. You got a big game tonight. Your your last words to, to what you're going to tell your team tonight. Don't let Columbia beat Columbia. All right. Very good, Coach. Good luck tonight, and uh, look forward to next week as well. Thanks so much. And there you have it. The last word from head coach John Moore of the Columbia Central Lions, as the Lions have gathered out on the football field, as uh, the captains are making their way towards uh, the sideline to come up to, for the coin toss. There's still just a couple of more seniors here at Spring Hill to be recognized here on Senior Night at Buford Gladney Stadium, and we're glad to have all of y'all with us here. We're at the top of the hour, but we're still just a few minutes away from kickoff. And uh, Coach Mike Lyle, Terry Wilcox, I'm leaving. Maddox, and we're here with you to bring you the call as it begins here uh, tonight. Uh, Really a great night for football, as we talked about earlier. I think hopefully the rains, uh, the majority of the rain, not any heavy rain expected. Maybe a few little mist will come here and there, but again, just a great night for football. It's a little little moist out here. That's going to make that football kind of a little slippery, a little different feel, but the, the coolness in the air is here. It's a fall night here in uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee, and we're ready for some football here tonight, uh, the big backyard bowl. My, yeah, you might want to m- m- mute him. There you go. Yeah, uh, I would. I would expect the, you know there may be a few little issues handling the ball a little bit further in the game once the ball's been on the ground a couple of times, and uh, you know for kickoffs and all that stuff. And there's a little bit of moisture, like you said. There's there's a there's a heavy humidity in the air, and so that that, that could that, that could create some turnover issues uh, for both teams. No doubt. And uh, let's hope we we take advantage of any turnover we get and and don't have any turnovers that's what i keep telling all the players every time i see them get a turnover get a turnover create a turnover you know get that ball and uh hopefully hopefully we will so the raiders are led by head coach ben martin he they moved up to 5a football as terry said this year and into region six and have yet to get that region win they did take lincoln county to overtime before losing by a point back uh, back in week Five. That seems way like way back in the summer, <laughs> and it was summer. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, it seemed like it at the end. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah. It was in <laughs> mid-September. We hadn't gotten to fall yet. So they have had a tough time stopping opposing teams from scoring as they have allowed nearly 39 points a game in their eight contests while scoring on offense just under 12 points a game. The, Link, the Lions, meanwhile, have been giving up an average of 18.8 points a game while their offense has been clicking all year. They're averaging just over 28 points a game. So, you know, uh, on paper, it it ought to be uh, Lincoln, excuse me, it ought to be uh, Columbia to kind of Take, take control of this game, but again, this rival game, you never know. And there the, the two teams or the captains are meeting at midfield for the coin toss as both teams are waiting to race onto the field. And uh, both teams have got uh, contingencies of fans and students gathered at each team. The cheerleaders are ready for the Columbia Lions to head out on the field. And here's the coin toss. Let's see if we uh, can make out who wins this coin, coin toss. As uh, again, there's the Jordan Brooks and Jace Hoth and Watson Harvey are the captains for the Lions. It looks like all the seniors uh, for the Spring Hill Raiders are going to represent them as captains tonight. Here's the referee is going to make this call as it looks like Columbia will. They have won the toss. And deferred until the second half, so Spring Hill will be receiving the ball. So we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll be right back with the kickoff right after this. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one-of-a-kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. At CSH, we know the sport of football builds discipline, character, and work ethic. Three common characteristics of winners. It's a sport where we drowns out me. Leadership is nurtured, and that's why CSH supports all Murray County football teams and want to say a special thanks and good luck to every player, coach, volunteer, and parent of this year's teams from youth programs, middle schools, and high schools. We know football builds men that make a difference. Let's go. At Murray Regional Medical Center, we know being at home is always your first choice. Our home services team helps you as you recover at home by providing individualized care, progress monitoring, and reporting to your doctors. Whether you need nursing care, rehabilitation services, home health aids, or disease management, Murray Regional's Home Services offers the care you need. Services are available in Murray, Marshall, Lawrence, Williamson, Lewis, Giles, Wayne, and Hickman counties. For more information, visit murrayregional.com or call 931-490-4600. This is J.P. Plant with TriStar Sports Radio. As I travel around southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama covering local and regional sports, sometimes both me and my car need a bit of refueling. Fortunately, there's always a Quick Mart convenience store nearby. Whether it's filling up with a cup of joe or grabbing a chicken tender sandwich with all the fixes. Yep, Quick Mart convenience stores gets me and my car to the next event. Stop in on your next road trip. 
Quickmark Convenience Stores, proudly serving Shell Gasoline. For the 75th year, Columbia Central Lions football plays on WKRM. Back to the booth, here's Lee Maddox. And welcome back, everyone, to Spring Hill, Tennessee, as week 11 of the Tennessee high school football season getting ready to kick off here at Spring Hill High School as the Columbia Central Lions race out onto the field in between their cheerleaders. And actually, we've got a great crowd on the far side there for the Columbia faithful are here in force. The band is over there. Hope maybe you can hear even the band playing. Hope they're going to hope we're going to hear them a lot tonight. So. As we said, Columbia will uh, did win the toss, and they defer to halftime, so they'll be kicking off to the Spring Hill Raiders here in the backyard bowl. As you can hear the crowd on the near side, they've got a strong crowd. A full house is here for Spring Hill here on senior night for the Raiders of Spring Hill. So, guys, we're getting ready to play some football, and um, I get excited when this happens. I don't yeah. know about y'all, but, I, you know, after 75 years of, of Calling this football game here on the on WKRM. No, I'm just kidding. We, that, that's pretty neat. That WKRM has been the the, the 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 voice of the Columbia Central Lions football for 75 years, and here we go, concluding kind of the 75th years. Kind of neat. Yeah, nice to be part of that tradition. All right, so. Max Patton. I was going to get the starting lineup, but we'll uh, we'll try to get to that as we go here. Uh, actually, I can tell you on defense. Well, I don't have it right here in front of me. I will find that. Yeah, on defense, as uh, for the Lions. Uh, it will be Malik Smith, Michael Johnson, Jordan Brooks, Jace Hoth across the front line. The linebackers, Joseph Whaley, Watson Harvey, DeAndre Mathers. The cornerbacks, Q Martin and Jay Frierson. Lincoln English, the free safety, and Evan Miller starting tonight at strong safety. And again, Max Patton, the junior kicker and punter for the Lions. Six foot, 176, had a great game two weeks ago against Lincoln County. He's had a great year all year. He's been a great uh, a, a great threat for us, a great uh, weapon for the Lions. And there's the kick, a real high kick. It's going to be picked up at the 10-yard line by Spring Hill. Quickly across the 20, over the 25, and there he's met by several Lions as he'll get to the 28-yard line. That's where Spring Hill will take over first and 10 on this opening drive of the Backyard Bowl. Good for a Want the defense here to set the tone early, uh, reestablish the line of scrimmage, and uh, try to get that three and out early and, uh, and set, set the momentum our way. At quarterback for Spring Hill, Connor Swan. And at tailback, I believe, is Caden Martin. Here's Swan in the shotgun. A high snap, the ball's over his head, and it's going back. He's got it knocked down, and Malik Smith quickly covers Caden Martin, but he covers the ball, but a loss all the way back to the 11-yard line. Just a high snap in that shotgun formation. The ball just goes over Swan's head, and thankfully Malik Smith was right there. Almost had a chance to recover uh, the ball for a fumble, but Caden Martin quickly picks up on it and recovers it at the 11. But goodness gracious, a big loss here on the first play of the game for Spring Hill. And now... 
the wild boy. It's a wildcat formation as uh, Kate Martin takes it as a, a scat, or I guess a wildcat that formation. Was a, that was a, just lined up under center. It was a two tight ends offset tee. There was a, the old dead, what we call the dead tee, where they had strict three uh, three backs in a line behind the quarterback. But he but was were, acting as a quarterback. Over. So yeah, they were skewed way over over the tackle instead of over the center, and then they just ran a, a, a sweep to that side. So no gain on the play. So third and 25 for the Raiders as Swan now again in the shotgun formation. Mac Ritchie on his side, and he gets him to to motion out to the outside. Now he's going to be sacked. There's a fumble loose. I believe Columbia's got it. Columbia's got the ball on the seven-yard line. Who got that ball? I didn't see who recovered it. But I believe, let's see, was it Mike Johnson? Senior Mike Johnson looks like it. But the quarterback was under pressure, tried to come up into the middle of the line of scrimmage there, but not to be, he was not going to go anywhere, and the ball popped out. So it's first and 10. Now they're saying at the 12-yard line, first and 10 for the Lions with nine minutes, 25 seconds to go here in this opening quarter. Wow. There's, that, there's that momentum shift we were talking about, wanting to set it early, and they, the defense did their job. Now the offense needs to cap it off. Here's Luke Usselton, the sophomore quarterback, brings his team up to the line of scrimmage. Now we've got a whistle. Let's see what's going to happen here. The, maybe something with the play clock or the 30-second uh, clock? Or? I believe, uh, does not the clock supposed to stop on a turnover? Yeah, it should have stopped, but it kept, and it kept running. running. It kept and running. now it's still okay, running. So they're having to reset it. It was 9.26 when I looked. Yeah. There it goes back to probably gonna be nine forty probably nine forty three, that's what yeah. we're at. So wow. I mean real quick the the Lions, now they get it set to 9 minutes, 43 seconds. First and 10 at the Spring Hill 12-yard line. Luke Usselton under center. There's the snap. Going to give to Jordan Davis around the right side. He picks his way into in. the end zone. Touchdown, Columbia. Just wow. a simple sweep off of the wing tee. Two tight ends. Wing tee set. Had a wide open hole. I think, uh, I, think I could have scored on that one. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about it. A great, great block on the right side of that Columbia Central Lion football team with uh, Jordan Davis. And, and here, here's Max Patton now for the extra point attempt. Barry Bowman, the holder. Here's the snap from Lewis Maddox. The set, the kick, and it is good. Just like that, the Columbia Lions strike first in here in the backyard bowl. They lead Spring Hill 7 to nothing. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hi, my name is Cody Goins. I'm a partner here at Roof Systems, Inc., formerly known as Davis Brothers Roofing. We still have the same great service and same great people. Roof Systems, Inc., we do commercial and residential roofing. No project is too large or too small. Education is key here for us at Davis Brothers Roofing. We want to make sure that every customer knows exactly what's going to happen from the time we start until the time we finish. When a homeowner replaces their roof, it's the largest expenditure that they'll ever have. That's why we hope you choose us at Roof Systems, Incorporated. Check us out at www.roofsystems-inc.com. And welcome back to Spring Hill High School here in Spring Hill, Tennessee, as the Columbia Central Lions have quickly 
taken advantage of a turnover by the Raiders and have got into the end zone seven to nothing now early in the first quarter nine minutes 36 seconds to go already uh, Columbia leading seven to nothing Max Patton now back to kick off again for the Lions from his own 40 moving right to left are the Lions as they'll kick from right to left Here's the kick, another great kick. This one down to the four as it's picked up by Caden Martin. He's across the 20, the 30, and he gets hit right at the 30 by guess who? Max Patton. <laughs> wow. Max Patton came here to play. What a kick and what a stop. Max Patton makes the tackle right there on the running back for the Raiders. They'll take over at their 31-yard line. It'll be first and 10 for the Spring Hill Raiders. Terry Wilcox, the scoring drive. Columbia goes seven yards in one play. A Jordan Davis seven-yard run kick was good. Uh, it took seven seconds off the clock with 9.36 to go, seven-nothing Columbia. Here's Swan going to take the quarter, the shotgun uh, snap, and he's just going to run it all the way, and he's going to lose about a half yard. He might have made it right back to the line of scrimmage for no gain. It'll be second and ten here as we continue play in the first quarter. Nine minutes and five seconds and counting in the first quarter. Columbia leading seven to nothing in the backyard bowl. Yeah, that was some shades there of the old Notre Dame uh, single wing right there. Uh, I'm having a hard time. That's the, here's a direct snap to Caden Martin in the backfield, and he's picking his way just a few yards. He gets maybe three on the play, so not a lot to pick from there. But as he lines up in the direct snap formation in the shotgun formation, that's Caden Martin. So it'll be third and six. Third and a long six for the Raiders at their 34-yard line. And again... This is Caden Martin. No, this is Mac Ritchie taking the direct snap. He gets the ball coming around the right side. And he takes a big hit from Malik Smith right as he hits the line of scrimmage. So he goes nowhere. Maybe he gets a yard. It's going to bring up fourth and five for the Raiders at the 35-yard line. What they're, what they're setting up, they, they've got basically two fullbacks in the game, and they're direct snapping to what would be the tailback or the quarterback, and they're just trying to out, outnumber us to one side or the other. It's not an unbalanced as far as the line's concerned, but it is unbalanced as far as blockers are concerned. James Brigham at his 20-yard line uh, ready to take the snap to punt the ball back deep for... The Lions is Q Martin. Q Martin and Jay Frierson are back at their 40 and 30 yard line. That's a whistle. There's a whistle. It's a great punt. But yeah, the, the whistle before the punt. Yeah, the gunner on the out left side uh, took off a step early, and the official right there caught it. So that's going to back him up five. It'll be fourth and 11 now. For, I keep wanting to say the Blue Raiders. <laughs> you know, I'm so used to, I'm an MTSU grad, but uh, and it's homecoming for the Blue Raiders tomorrow night. Now, now, yeah. now that I've said it, I'm going to end up saying it. Oh well, but we'll I try don't to, mean we'll that. Try to I mean the Spring Hill Raiders right here. So here's the snap. Back to Brigham to punt, and he gets it away, and it's going to bounce from the 45. It takes a good Spring Hill bounce down to the 30-yard line is where it will be downed, and that's where Columbia will take over first and 10. So quickly on offense for 
the Lions. Bubba Perkins at, at wide receiver. Jaravius Hall in tonight for Eli Hyde at left tackle. Jordan Brooks at left guard. Lewis Maddox at the center. Camden Britton at right guard. Tylen Orr, the junior, at right tackle. Jace Hoth at tight end. Caden McCoy running back. Jordan Davis tailback. Wide receiver or halfback is Q Martin. And at quarterback, the sophomore, Luke Osselton. Now gone all the way this year at quarterback, and he brings his team to the line of scrimmage in that wing back, that wing T formation, and he's going to give to McCoy right up the middle. McCoy looking for some room. He picks up about four, just like that, as he just picks his way for four yards. And up, oh, we've got a player down. That looks like Jaravius Hall or Tylen Orr is, uh, but now he's getting up. That's Tylen Orr is shaking up on the play, and he's he's making his way back too. Uh, I think they're going to make him come, have to come out. Yeah. Yeah, they stopped. They stopped the play. They stopped the clock for him. So they, he's going to have to come off a little bit. He may may have twisted his knee just a little. You know, caught his knee against somebody else. Looked like when he was driving him on the block. So I thought Jaravius was already in. He came in for him. So I'm not sure he's coming in at left tackle. I'm trying to see who's at right tackle over there. I'm not seeing it, but here's Luke Usselton, the wing back, wing T formation. He's going to give to Q Martin right up the middle. Q Martin's got room. He's across the 40. He's at the 50. He's down to the 40 of Spring Hill before he's finally pushed out of bounds at the 35-yard line. Goes Q Martin all year long. Q Martin has been a lightning in the bottle. When he gets that ball and breaks breaks the line of scrimmage, you better look out because he's going to make some yardage for you. Yeah, Coach Moore knowing that Spring Hill's going to have to commit early and fast. They're going to try to overplay the sweep and overplay the off-tackle. Uses that little inside reverse. They call it the Sally play. Uh, and uh, gets some gets big yards because they He's got they got everybody overplaying and they just walled him off and he had a huge running lane coming back up the right or the left side. Tyler Noor back in at tackle, so good to see that that he's wasn't that wasn't hurt too bad. So here's a give to Caden McCoy around the left side. He's looking for room, crosses the 30, goes out of bounds at about the 20. Let's see where they'll spot him out of bounds at the 29-yard line. Goes Caden McCoy, so a pickup of six on that first down play to make it second and four with five minutes. And 58 seconds to go with the clock stopped on the out-of-bounds play. Columbia leading 7 to nothing, but already driving again here in this first quarter. Yeah, Columbia's line has, been showing, has shown the dominance that they should have on this line. They're reestablishing the line. Their backs aren't even getting hit till they're three yards deep into the defensive backfield. Sophomore Tristan Harden in at right guard, and Camden Ratton has moved to right tackle. So let's see there. Here's the wing T formation. With Luke Usselton, Jordan Davis in motion. Oh, there's a whistle. That's going to be some procedure, I guess, or a delay. Delay a game against Columbia. So it's going to back him up six. It'll make it uh, second and nine now for the Lions. That'll put it back at the 34-yard line of Spring Hill. Lewis Maddox brings the line up to the line of scrimmage at center. And Luke Usselton under center in the wing T formation. Davis in motion. Usselton gives to Q Martin in that Sally play, but nowhere this time. They're waiting on him, ready for it. Nowhere. And he actually is going to, maybe he gets back to the line of scrimmage. They're still saying he's going to be at the 35-yard line of Spring Hill. Yeah, that time they, the, the backside stayed home and uh, was looking for that play. Uh, off of that motion. 
So third and nine, big play here, but not sure that we wouldn't be in four down territory right here at the 35-yard line, but we'll see what happens on third down to try to convert here on third and nine. It's actually a little longer than nine. If you look at the yard markers, it's almost third and ten. So let's see what's going to be called here by the Lions. Head coach John Moore, Luke Osselton, now another whistle. Can't be delayed. Timeout. No, timeout. timeout. Evidently changed his mind about what play he wanted to run. And we'll take one with him. Seven to nothing with four minutes and 30 seconds to go here in the first quarter. Columbia leading Spring Hill. We'll take the quick timeout. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hey, folks, it's Chandler Anderson from the Right Care Primary Care and Pediatric Clinic. Folks, we are open from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Thursday. We provide pediatric care, primary care, and even urgent care if you need to get in during those hours. Our provider there is Kelly Kelly. She does DOT exams as well as well woman exams, and she does our pediatric well child physicals. So, folks, if you're looking for the right care and a provider that's not going anywhere, come see us at the Right Care Primary Care and Pediatric Office. For the 75th year, Columbia Central Lions football plays on WKRN. Welcome back to Spring Hill High School as uh, the Columbia Central Lions take their first time out of the, of the first half. Luke Usselton now under center. There goes Jordan Davis in motion. A fake to Caden McCoy looking for downfield to Bubba Perkins. And that ball is knocked away. Good defense by the Spring Hill Raiders to knock that ball away. The ball just a little behind Bubba Perkins. And uh, it had, had Jordan Davis wide open over there in the right flat. But uh, maybe Luke didn't see him and so that's gonna uh, let's see what the Lions are gonna do it looks like they're thinking no here comes Luke Alston back so they're gonna go for it on basically fourth and ten here at the Spring Hill 35 yard line yeah they're kind of in that no man's land it's it's too short to you know too close to the goal to punt and too far away to kick a field goal so might as well go for it so they're going to spread the offense out across the wide receivers everywhere Usselton now in the shotgun backs up he's going to pull it down and run it and he tries but no to no avail he's going to get stopped for a yard gain and that will be a turnover on downs for the Lions as the Raiders hold and they will take over first and 10 at their own 34 yard line with four minutes and 16 seconds to go here in the first quarter as the Lions still lead seven to nothing but uh, could not convert there on the fourth down try against the Raiders. So here the, here's Spring Hill quickly to the line of scrimmage. First down for the Raiders. And they're trying to draw us off. Got to watch that ball. Watson Harvey threatening to blitz. He's trying to draw them off now. There's the direct snap to Mac Ritchie. He's coming across the line of scrimmage. He's going to push his way for maybe. He's still on his feet. He gets six yards. So they had him stopped and uh, just kept pushing. He's a bruising runner and uh, a really good runner. We faced him last year, and he's been a great a great runner for the, the Raiders, the senior tailback, 5'8", 185, powerful running back as he just took the direct snap. That looks like that's what they're doing is just yeah. taking direct snaps taking turns he and Caden Martin in the backfield for the Raiders here it is second and four at the 40-yard line now a lot of motion for the Raiders Columbia just 
Here's the direct snap. Ball's up in the air. It's kind of bobbled as Caden Martin tries to come down with it, and he's going to be quickly snowed under. And after he picks up a, maybe a yard, they're going to give him a yard up to the 41-yard line of Spring Hill, where it'll be third and about three to go, or third and yeah, third and three, we'll call it, for the Raiders. Here is that ball kind of hit Martin in the hands and just kind of bounced up in the air, but then he pulled it back down and barely got back to the line of scrimmage and was able to fall forward for a yard. Yeah. Yeah, here's an example of Spring Hill pulling out all the stops. They've got a diamond formation out here to the, the, the right. Here's Mac Ritchie under center this time, the running back, and they're looking to the sideline. They're trying to do all kinds of different things. They've got quads to the right and a wide receiver to the left. And I imagine Ritchie's, whoa, is that a delay of game? Clock's down to zero. I believe it was. That's going to be a delay on the Raiders, so it's going to back them up five. It'll make it third and nine for them. Almost tricked themselves on that. Now, if you've got a penalty, should the clock stop? Huh? Does the clock stop on a penalty? Uh, yeah. It should. Close to, close to, they got to mark it off. It's still running. That's why the officials call yeah, timeout. Again, yeah. Also, uh, that's right. Oh, no. I uh, said Spring Hill lost their starting quarterback last week's game. Blaze Martin was their starting quarterback. Well, they've both been starting. Okay, they but he got, he got injured last game, and uh, yeah. he was a quarterback uh, at the start of the game last week. So basically they're running with two tailbacks mm-hmm. back there. Yeah, but here's Connor Swan back at quarterback in the shotgun position. And Swan's been playing. They've been alternating both those quarterbacks okay. all season long. I got you. So they finally get the – no, they hadn't fixed the clock because there it goes. Two minutes, 25 seconds to go here in the first quarter as I think they're getting it fixed. Joseph Whaley going over to the sideline to get some information from uh, – I think Give you an idea how they're lining up. Uh, they've got five – the regular five down linemen center guard, two tackles. Off to the right, they have a split in, and then three running backs lined up in a diamond formation behind him. And then to the other side of the field, on the right side of the field, they've got a split in. What they're trying to do is spread the field, overload one side, see if they can create some confusion on our defense. Um, you know, you can you can run or pass out of these situations because uh, uh, the idea is to out to spread people out, give give your running back running lanes by positioning, not necessarily just by blocking. Referees are still trying to uh, well, figure out what's going on with the clock. Well, just so yeah. you know, they send one of the officials up to the press box probably to assist with the clock running. Well, they, they also have an official on the sideline that has a switch, and this switch may not be working. Yeah. That may be the problem. That may be, be why he's coming up to the box to run it from up here. Not sure. Is, uh, we're the ready. Lions and the Raiders are just kind of <laughs> interacting and talking here and having a good time right there, it looks yeah. like, okay, uh, down on the got, field, and that's good to see. Now, now the clock is 2.49 and running. Well, I don't see it running. That's not. It was All right. Two minutes. Now it's 2.55. So, anyway, there goes some motion for Connor Swan. Now there's another whistle. Timeout Spring Time Hill. Timeout Spring Hill. After all of that. They're going to take a timeout. So why don't we take one with them and uh, pay tribute to our sponsors. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. 
Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L-Series tractor is the number one selling compact tractor in the U.S. for over 10 years. Powerful Kubota diesel engine, ease of operation, and your choice of a Kubota gear or HST transmission. The durable Kubota L-Series. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Call or come by Columbia Kubota or Franklin Kubota or visit them online at ColumbiaKubota.com or FranklinKubota.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Welcome back to Spring Hill High School. As we hope we got the clock right, it's two minutes, 25 seconds. Here's Spring Hill. Here's Connor Schwan at quarterback. He's got a quick throw across the middle and uh, incomplete. Some of the Lions were saying that uh, Adrian Hidalgo caught that ball, but he didn't. So that brings up fourth and nine, fourth and eight for the Raiders. And that brings back out their punter, uh, Brickham, to try to punt the ball away. It'll... He'll be at it's about his 25-yard line as uh, Hidalgo. And uh, that's not Q. That's Jay Frierson back deep for the Lions at their 40-yard line. There's the snap. Good snap. Columbia coming for that. There's the punt away. It hits at about the 45 and bounces down, still rolling down to the 31-yard line. That's about where we started that previous drive. So here we go again. The Lions will now come up with their... Really, they're officially their third offensive possession because they, they scored on that one-play possession earlier in the quarter to get the, the first touchdown, the only touchdown of the night. Two minutes and eight seconds to go here in the first quarter. Columbia leads 7 to nothing as uh, Luke Osselton will bring his team up to the 31-yard line, trying to make a good drive here and get another six points on the board. Need to maintain our focus throughout the entire drive this time. Here's Usselton under center, wing T formation. Jordan Davis in motion. That's Q Martin in motion. Going to give to Davis up the middle. He's picking his way through. Got about three, maybe, or four yards, three yards. They'll put it at the 34, the 33-yard line. Where to bring up second and eight or so for the Lions. Not much, not much there. I thought he got more than that. But uh, picks up a couple of yards, so second and eight at the 33-yard line. Clock counts at a minute, 35 seconds to go here in this first quarter. We hope it's right. Hustleton under center, the wing T formation. Give to Caden McCoy up the middle. He breaks one tackle right at the line of scrimmage and still on his feet up across the 45-yard line where they'll finally tackle him down at the 47, 46, 47-yard line goes Caden McCoy. His first down for the Lions. This little trap off of the jet sweep look. Uh, broke the first tackle again. Caden being that, you know, gets up in the line real, really quick, and then he's very, very shifty once he gets in there. Doesn't let you hit him. He does, does not let you hit him solidly, and it's tough, and he's strong enough to run through arm tackles and can get that, that burst of speed. No doubt about it. So here's the, here are the Lions, first and ten at their own 
30, excuse me, their own 46-yard line. Here's the, the sweep to Q Martin. He's across midfield, down to the 40. Out of bounds at the 30. Or No, he stays in bounds, but he gets it down to the Raider 29-yard line. Goes Q Martin for the Lions. Another first and 10. Great run by the Lions. Great, great play by Q Martin. Actually, pretty good job of the, the safety's part uh, for, for Spring Hill. Took a great angle on him and, and saved a touchdown with, with that with that uh, open field tackle. Closing seconds here of the first quarter is Luke Usselton under center. Wing T formation. There goes Jordan Davis. Almost a bad handoff oh, exchange man. there, but he gets around it and still picking his way for about six yards on the carry as uh, just not not really a good exchange between the quarterback, Luke Usselton, and, and uh, Jordan Davis, the sophomore sensation running back for the Lions. But he makes the most out of it. It's going to be second and four now for the Lions as they'll spot it at the 23-yard line of the Raiders. And there goes the end of the first quarter. So we've got it down to triple zeros in the first quarter, and the first quarter of the Backyard Bowl is complete. Columbia leading 7 to nothing off of that early turnover by the Raiders, but now they're driving again. We'll see what happens in the second quarter. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Arcus Restoration is proud to continue serving the community of Columbia as we have for the past 10 years. As a full-service general contractor, Arcus can handle every step of the recovery process, from initial emergency response all the way through to a fully restored home or business, including assessing and reversing damage caused by water, fire, storms, smoke, mold, and biohazardous materials. We are in the business of helping people, and we love what we do. Call Arcus Restoration 24-7 at 855-898-8282 or visit us online at arcusrestoration.com. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 103.7 FM, WKRM, Columbia, Tennessee. And welcome back to Spring Hill High School. As we get set to begin the second quarter of play, here's the Columbia Central Lions are leading 7 to nothing, And um, so it's going to be second and three before as the, the Lions will try to keep this drive going and um, as now they'll be moving from left to right on your radio dial guys a pretty good first quarter I would have kind of thought that we would have got more points there as uh, the opportunities we had but we got bogged down when we you know lost it on the on yeah. the on the turnover on downs yeah we, we just lost our focus a little bit on the drive and, and like I said if we maintain that focus we should be able to drive this on in Terry yeah yeah I was just gonna say we kind of got away from our game plan there got through a pass that uh, was very very well defended and then the quarterback tried to go up the middle there with a kind of quarterback sneak on fourth down and Spring Hill stayed home the linebackers and took him down so here we go second and three for the Lions at the 24 at the 24 yard line they give to McCoy around the left side he's got plenty of room and he's looking for a block on the outside but not going to get there but I believe he got his first down so uh, a good pickup there for Caden McCoy as he was trying to read off of Bubba Perkins's block out there and just couldn't quite shake that or they couldn't get on on the same page in terms of which way Caden needed to go which way he was blocking him so anyway but he gives, does get the first down they'll spot it now at the 18 yard line the initial point of attack he had a hole about 12 yards wide no doubt <laughs> it was unbelievably big so here's Osselton 
the wing T formation with Q Martin, Caden McCoy, and Jordan Davis now in motion. Going to give to McCoy across the right side, looking for room. He breaks it around the corner, gets across the 10, inside down, almost to the five-yard line. Are they going to call him out sooner than that? Let's see where he's going to spot it at the eight. At the eight-yard line is where they'll spot it. And... He's got to get to – that should be enough for a yeah. first down. It is. Referee there signal it first is. Down. First and goal for the Lions. Just underway here in the second quarter. They're leading 7 to nothing here in the backyard bowl. But now first and goal for the Lions at the eight-yard line. All right, guys, who's got it? Q Martin, Caden McCoy, Jordan Davis. Which one? Yes. All, right. <laughs> All of the above. One of those. Here yeah, goes Luke Olselton under center. He's going to give to Q Martin on the left side. He cuts back across the middle. He's in down close, close. to the goal line. Gets down to the one-yard line. Goes Q Martin as the he was dragging defenders with him all the way down to that one-yard line. He he went one way, and then he shifted back another way before he finally fell down. Maybe at the one-and-a-half-yard line, we'll call it. Uh, but it's second and goal for the Lions there. And it looked like they got a hold of his jersey and <laughs> That's yeah. really what kept him from going into the end zone. No doubt. Again, the line's doing a great job. There's holes. The holes are gigantic as they're running up in there. And, uh, it's, it's the guys at the second level that are making the first hits. This is going to be Luke Olsenson. Under center. No, nope. he's giving it to McCoy. McCoy's just skips Locks right in. into the end zone. Touchdown, Columbia. Caden McCoy. His 10th touchdown of the year. The sophomore sensation. I promise you, he's just been an absolute star for the Columbia Central Lions this year. But just, Coach, not much there. I mean, he just walks right in over that right side of the well, Columbia line. It didn't look like there was much there, but the line had actually pushed the defensive line all the way back into the end zone, and he just followed up, up, up behind him. And once he crossed the line, he just kind of eased up right there. There's the snap, the set, the kick is up by Max Patton, and it is good. So timeout on the field again. A new score, 10 minutes, 19 seconds to go here in the second quarter. Columbia now leading 14 to nothing over Spring Hill in the Backyard Bowl. We'll take a quick timeout, and you're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Merry Christmas, everyone. Whoa, hold on. It's way too early for that. Hello, this is Rick and Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. It's already October and Christmas is getting closer. Let Tillis Jewelry help make this holiday season a little less stressful. Did you know we offer layaway? Come in, select the perfect gifts for your loved ones, put 20% down, and then pay it off before Christmas. And you know we carry a great selection of -of one-of-a-kind pieces, vintage jewelry, diamonds, and more. Stop by and let us help you find that perfect gift. Fourteen to nothing here at the backyard bowl. Columbia goes on top of Spring Hill as Max Patton ready to kick off again after that one-yard touchdown by Caden McCoy. Ten minutes, nineteen seconds to go here in the second quarter as the rain has picked up a little bit. The little misting rain is coming down. There's Max Patton. A great kick goes all the way through the end zone. That, that ball hit eight yards deep in the end zone. A great kick by Max Patton. So that'll be a touchback 
and the Raiders will take the ball on their own 20-yard line. And Terry, you've got the scoring drive summary. Columbia went eight plays, uh, 69 yards, uh, finished up with a one-yard McCoy run. Took 3.49 off the clock. The kick was good. 14-0 Columbia. 10-19 to go in the second quarter. So let's see what happens here. The Connor Swan at the uh, shotgun formation, pistol formation. Mac Ritchie behind him. Here's the snap. And no one to hand it to. And Malik Smith, except no Mike Johnson. Uh, Connor Schwann was waiting to give the ball to Mac Ritchie. Ritchie went the other way. And so Schwann was just standing there waiting to hand it off to somebody. And Mike Johnson says, well, I'll take it. He just about handed it off to our our defensive end. Well, if you remember, I don't know if you all remember, Terry, you might last year, Antoine Moore took one and just kind of took a ball right down here on the other end zone, just kind of took it right out of midair on the pitch. But anyway, a loss of five on the play, second and 15 at the 14-yard line of Spring Hill. Here's Swan, going to give to Caden Martin this time, and he's got maybe three yards to pick up. Malik Smith in on the tackle again. He's been very active early on, and uh, also there's Jace Hoth in on the tackle as uh, gets back close to the original line of scrimmage. Still, they'll mark it at the 18, so it'll be second and, or excuse me, third down now and 12 for the Raiders. So here's Connor Swan at quarterback in the shotgun position. Caden Martin on his left hip. Swan looking to throw, being pressured, and he's going to be tackled and sacked inside the five-yard line. That's Jace Hoth makes that sack, and he doesn't. He looks like he's hurt. Jace Hoth is hurt. I'm not sure. He's slow to get up. They're trying to help him up. Oh, don't like to see that. He's hobbling off on his own, but he's coming off the field. But what a great play. By It wasn't just Jace Ho. He was being pressured by the that whole, whole defensive yeah. line right there, and he is sacked all the way down to the three-yard line, or I guess they're going to spot it now at the four-yard line is where it's now fourth and a mile as Brigham is standing at the back of the end zone Going to try to get this punt out of there. And I'm wondering, you just wonder, Columbia's going to try to come after this one. There's the snap. And there they are. And they it's not a good punt, but it takes a good roll. But Q Martin's going to pick it up at the 40. And he's on his way. He's got the 30. He's across. There's a flag. There's going to yeah. be a block in the back. But still, it's going to still be a good field position for the Lions. Uh, two flags there is a. As, uh, as he was making the cut on the far side of the field at about the third inside the 30-yard line of Spring Hill. So that ball is going to be coming back for sure. Terry, look, look like number 65. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> yes, it does. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I swear. Well, come actually, on. It, and again, this is this is coming back to a new to a rule that's only been uh, in effect for the last couple of years. Uh, he actually hit him in the front. The problem is it was a what's called an illegal crackback block, and he led with his shoulder. He hit, him, he hit him square in the shoulders and in the front, but he he did not lead with his hands. And it's a, it's a new rule, and, a, and a, a lot of our older players are still having a hard time making an adjustment to that rule. Uh, they've just got to be real careful. They're trying to take that crackback block out of the, out of the game because it is a it, it can be a vicious block. If he just leads with his hands, then they're not gonna they're not gonna call that. Columbia takes over now to the first 
and 10 at the Raider 43-yard line with 7 minutes 56 seconds to go here in the second quarter as the rain picks up just a little bit. Going to give to Jordan Davis around the right side. He's across 40, down to the 30, and almost to the 20. He'll get to the 26 or 27-yard line of the Raiders before he's finally drugged down, but he was just about to break that thing if he could have gotten one more step there on the defenders. But a great run there by the sophomore Jordan Davis. Another first down for the Lions. First and 10. Ball now spotted at the 27-yard line of the Raiders. Seven minutes, 35 seconds to go here in this second quarter. Columbia leading 14 to nothing here at the Backyard Bowl at so, Spring Hill. Saw Jace Holt just check back into the game, so that's, that's good to see. Yeah, it is. Give to Caden McCoy, and he's got nowhere to go. He was going to reverse field and try to get out of that, but he didn't have anywhere to go as they handed it off to him up the middle, and he was hit immediately and tried to turn around, and uh, there was nowhere to turn. So a loss of five on the play for Caden McCoy to make it second and 15 for the Lions. Looks like there was a mix-up in the blocking assignments there, and a couple of defensive linemen were able to get through and get to him before he can make any cuts. Back to the 32-yard line, second and 13, that's second 15 for the Lions at the 32-yard line as Usselton now spreads some of his players out. Got Bubba Perkins le- wide left. They're going to give to Q Martin around the left side. Q is up. Oh, there's a penalty. That's going to be not good it's in the for position the Lions. Of holding. Yeah, it's in the area where they normally call holding. And Q Martin couldn't quite get going on that one. Not much gain at all as uh, the flag is thrown at the 34-yard line. Let's wait on the call. How did he call that? Now he's just now calling it. So holding against the Lions. And uh, he he does like me sometimes, you know. He's calling it. And, Good guess. Yeah, before it's really actually called. Most of the time I'm calling it, it never comes true. So that backs the Lions up way back now to the 44-yard line, 43-yard line of the Raiders. Second and now 28 to get the first. Six minutes, 20 seconds to go here in the second quarter. Columbia leads 14 to nothing. Here's Luke Usselton. Going to fake to Q Martin looking to throw. He's got Bubba Perkins deep. Bubba's got the ball. What a great catch. Oh, he dropped it. No. He had it and then dropped it as he hit the ground at the 10-yard line. But what a great effort there from Bubba Perkins to make a, a beat on that ball. And he goes up. Oh, a flag on the bench on the sideline over here. That's going to be an unsportsmanlike on uh, Spring Hill. So that's going to give us an automatic first down. Am I not right? Now he picks uh, it up. Sideline warning. I think it's just going to be a okay. sideline warning. I didn't think you threw a flag for that. Or no. do you? I guess well, you do. Yeah. It, yeah. He's, he's basically getting the coach's attention. I think coach got, you know, got in the referee's way right there. Oh, gone it. I uh, thought that was going to be a sideline warning. Again, on just a little underthrown. Yeah, but he still, he made the catch. He made yeah. the catch, and then the ground. Yeah, the ground controls to hit. He, he, he has to complete the catch yeah. all the way through the contact with the ground. Yeah. There's Hustleton. Boom. Yeah. Quick snap to him, and he wasn't ready he for wasn't it. He wasn't ready for it, yeah. And uh, so that's going unfortunate right there. As Hustleton was all alone in the shotgun, and Lewis snapped it to him. I guess I don't know what, what told him to snap it, but he snapped it, and Luke wasn't really right prepared to get it, but he did catch yeah, it. Fortunately, the snap hit him right in the yeah. belly button, so he, yeah. he didn't fumble it. 
I got it. And he, he goes to the 45-yard line. So what a now we've got to have a great punt here because it's fourth and 30 at least for the Lions as Max Patton stands at his own 45-yard line. There's a snap. There's the punt. A great punt there. It's going to hit. And man, it's going to stop right there. But still, a 12-yard line. That's good soft ground, position. The wet soft ground kind of held that one up. So. We just lost lost focus a little bit right there and, and uh, kind of pushed ourselves backwards by penalties and stuff. The, we stopped ourselves. Yeah, but that, you know, if the Bubba would have held on that that ball right yeah, there, that, he, was a, uh, that, that was a catchable. I mean, he had it. He caught yeah. the ball. He, uh, he tried to stop. He kind of slowed down to gather himself for a big jump, run the ball. When, when you're the one trying to receive that ball. No doubt. So here's Connor Swan with his team at their own 13-yard line for the Raiders. He's in the shotgun position. Going to give to Caden Martin. And he's got a little room and breaks it across the 20, across the 25, down to the 29-yard line before he's finally brought down as he comes right up the middle of the line of scrimmage. And he finds room and gets the first down for the Raiders. And that's their first, first down of the game. Wow. Got to get her again. We're, we're showing a lack, little bit of a lack of focus, a little bit of lack of intensity. Uh, seemed to start to get control of the game, and now we've, we've, we're letting up a little bit, and we can't afford to do that. Five minutes left here in the second quarter. Columbia leading 14 to nothing. Here's Connor Swan in the shotgun. Gives to Martin on the right side this time, but this time Watson <laughs> Harvey meets him right at the line of scrimmage, and Watson is proud of that tackle right there. Oh, that was great. That was a great move by the linebacker, yeah. the senior linebacker and captain for the Lions to stop Martin for basically no gain on the play. That'll probably be on the instructional film on how to fill a hole yeah. uh, from middle linebacker. That was a great, great form tackle. He got, he got right in the middle of him and, and drove him back on it. All right, so another... Another that crazy-looking formation for the Raiders, the diamond formation to the right, one wide receiver to the left, now motion, and here's Swan in the shotgun, takes the snap, looking to throw to his left. It's intercepted. Oh, oh Joseph Whaley had that ball in his hands and just quickly came out. That He wasn't expecting it, I think, it to be that quick, but he had it right in his hands and just couldn't hold on to it. So incom ball falls incomplete. It'll be third and uh, nine on the – I keep looking at yeah. the scoreboard, and that is wrong compared to the yard markers over there. I think it's 3rd did a great job anticipating. He, he saw that they did that last year, uh, last time they did this, and uh, anticipated that play better. Here's Swan in the shotgun. He's looking to throw quick. Oh, knocked down by Malik Smith. Malik Smith gets his hands up and knocks that ball down before he can get it thrown. He was trying to reach Mac Ritchie over on the right side. The quick, quick outlet to, over the quad formation. But to, to no avail, fourth and nine now for the Raiders as they'll bring on their punter again. So the defense holds for the Lions. Thank goodness. Yeah, just a uh, momentary lapse of, uh, of concentration where they got one big play and then they, then they put the bat, uh, clamps down again. Uh-oh, they got the one first down, right? Yeah. That's all they got. So now uh, Spring Hill is spreading out like 
They might try to do something different, but they're not. There's the punt away, a pretty good punt, and uh, Columbia's going to let it bounce. They need to get away from it, not let it hit them. So they're going to mark it, spot it down at the 39-yard line of Columbia is where the Lions will take over first and 10 with three minutes, 51 seconds to go here until halftime. Rain's kind of let up a little bit. There's still just a barely a mist out here. And again, I'm telling you, guys, uh, folks, we're we're on top of the press box, and there is a big crowd here gathered for this game. They've got people in both end zones. They've got some temporary bleachers set up on both end zones, and we've got fans everywhere. Both bands are here, of course, and and uh, here at Senior Night for Spring Hill. So Luke Alsalton now in the shotgun, looking to throw. He's going to throw it quick out to Caden McCoy, and McCoy is picks up only about three yards on the play before he's brought down on that quick pass outlet to the left side. Yeah, we missed our first block on that, and, and he was able to disrupt the timing on that play, and he wasn't able to really get his momentum going. Second and seven, clock runs, three minutes, 25 seconds to go here in the second quarter. And what's being, again, billed as the Backyard Bowl, the fifth edition of the Backyard Bowl, as Luke Usselton brings his team to the line of scrimmage with wide receivers three to the right, one to the left, and he's looking to throw. And there's the quick throw to Jordan Davis. He's got his first down across midfield. Oh, the ball comes out. And I'm not sure who got it. Spring Hill says they have it, and that's who got it at the 49-yard line, Jordan Davis was making a move across midfield and a great defense play from the Spring Hill Raiders to knock that ball out, and they recover it at the Columbia 48-yard line. So there's a break they've been looking for. They're in business now at the at the Lion 48-yard line. Yeah, he tried to make a move. to. You know, he was actually giving her. He had the first down and then gave yards, and he kind of swung the ball out wide and didn't tuck it up under his armpit as, as he should have on that. And Unfortunately, with the, with conditions, that leads to that fumble. Here are the Raiders. Mac Ritchie in the shotgun this time. Ritchie takes the direct snap. And he's just going to run it right up the middle, and he's going to pick up four just like that as he'll get to the 44-yard line of Columbia. Excuse me. Yeah, the 44-yard line is where they'll spot him down. So it'll be second and six. I believe this is their first uh, first time into, into line territory this right. It, it is. It, They don't seem to be in a hurry. Uh, no, they don't. But uh, two, two, eighteen. They just, I don't know. There's and it's Richie again in the shotgun formation, the actual running back for the Raiders. He takes a snap and he's going to throw it. Oh, it's almost picked off by Malik Smith again, just right in his hands as he was from his defensive end position, and Richie was going to try to throw a quick outlet pass to his right, and Malik Smith was right there. That's the second time Malik has knocked down the quarterback's throw. Great play yeah, from Malik Smith. Yeah, he, he's figuring out he can't get to the quarterback, so he's getting in the passing lane and getting his hands up, and uh, like you said, almost picked that one off. That would have been six for sure, right at midfield where he was about to get that one. So now second and six. I thought it was third. Should be third, right? As Richie Richie runs uh, the direct snap right up the middle, and he picks up maybe one or two yards, maybe one yard. So it's going to be – they're showing third and five, but 
I thought we missed a down here, but I guess I'm the only one. I, it's I just agree me, with I you. I think I'm, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. Yeah, now they're showing fourth down. Okay, I thought that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They're going to go yeah, we're, for we're it. We're not going crazy, Lee. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Now it's fourth, fourth and six at the Columbia forty-three yard line. As the Raiders are trying to draw us off, please don't jump. And he did. Did he draw? He did. Oh. Come on, Watson. They're going to say Watson did it, but I don't believe he just kind of. I mean, doesn't take much. <laughs> Golly. So, but that's still not a first down. If no. it's fourth and six, they, they better not be a first down. How can it be a first no. down when it's first and six? When it's fourth and there's no way that that should be a first down. No. That needs to be measured. But they're still signaling the the yard markers to go forward. So, I think the down marker may not have been placed accurately. I don't know. That's. I agree wow. with you. That's fourth and six. You'd think it'd still be. Yes, I have it marked down. It was, it was a forty-nine on the when they got took the ball over in the fumble. So a direct snap under center with those Richie, and he just does a quarterback sneak, and he's going to pick up maybe one or two yards. It almost seemed like yards. the Spring Hills coach thought the same thing. I know. <laughs> that seemed like a play you'd run in a very short yardage situation. So here we go, second down now, and uh, about eight, about seven, a long seven for the Raiders as the ball spotted at the Columbia 36-yard line. Mac Ritchie in the shotgun, quarterback, and he's going to look to throw real quick, and Joseph Whaley is right there waiting, nowhere to go for Number seven for, that's Alderette, who's been a great player, senior player for the Spring Hill Raiders. Basically no gain on that play. A great play by Joseph Whaley at his linebacker position, just waiting as they made a quick adjustment to cover that receiver getting that pass. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit careful with his exuberance. Uh, looked like he turned around and made some kind of comment to one of the Spring Hill coaches, and that's... Uh, that's not a that's not a real good thing to do. <laughs> well, and as you know, we'll just keep it right here because it's just five seconds till halftime. So they're going to go for one one play, I guess. Uh, five seconds. That's all they've got left as uh, they call timeout. And you know, some of these coaches obviously were on Columbia's staff uh, for for these players. So there's no doubt there's connections with, yeah, with several of the coaches, and and all of us have been associated with a lot of these coaches. There's at least four on this coaching staff at Spring Hill that were at Columbia the last several years. So yeah, there's friendly as the relationships may be off the field, on the field. That's those are the ones you want to win. You know, those are the, the matchups you want to win and games you want to win and stuff like that. So I'm sure there's there's a there's a few emotions out there involved. But we just gotta be careful about keeping our head, keeping our focus on what we should be doing here and, and make sure we execute. Right now is to keep everybody you know, we gotta keep them out of the end zone. Um, keep everybody and keep everybody in front. Don't let anybody you. behind you as far as the safeties and defensive backs are concerned. And get a good rush on the front. I wouldn't really be too worried about a, a draw or a screen right now because they're going to have to go a long ways to get anything done. It's going to be Connor Swan now at the quarterback position in the shotgun as Mac Ritchie is on his left hip. 
And there he's going to, now there's yep. a penalty, and he just throws it away, throws yep. it One nowhere left. near for the Richie as the, that clock shouldn't have stopped. I mean, that clock yeah. shouldn't be over because that was an incomplete pass. That incomplete take... pass, and we also had a penalty. They had an illegal motion. Uh, both, two guys were moving, and one guy got set, and the other guy kept moving. So you have to. both of them have to get set once yeah. both of them are moving. But that didn't take five seconds, but they're going to say They're going to go ahead and run the clock off. Uh, if I was Spring Hill, I'd want another play. <laughs> Because there's no way. I don't know. Maybe it did. Coaches no, are I think it could go off until that ball was way out of bounds. Yeah, it was incomplete. one second. It had stopped at one second. They restarted it, and the horn yeah. went. Well, so that's it. A little We're bit of a confusing finish. We're at halftime, and hopefully uh, the both teams will uh, – they're leaving the field, so it's definitely halftime as Columbia leading 14 to nothing here at the Backyard Bowl here at Spring Hill, Tennessee. So stay tuned here at halftime. We'll join J.P. Plant and uh, George Plaster and some of the other folks there at TriStar Friday Night Live. A big night in high school football across Tennessee as the seeds are are making, you know, getting in place for the playoffs and a lot of rival games tonight. And uh, you'll hear all about it here at TriStar Friday Night Live. So thanks for listening to the first half, and we'll be back here shortly with the second half of play here at the Backyard Bowl. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Lewis Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. That's WKRM 103.7 FM, Columbia. Fourth please. <laughs> 3-2, and he went. He chased a high fastball, and he knew it. Tosses the bat of the batting helmet away, and the Astros go in order. To the bottom of the third, no score in game three. You're listening to the World Series on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app presented by AutoZone. 
Hello, I'm Rick Whitley. And I'm Daniel Pollard from Jones and Lang Sporting Goods. We would like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for the many years of support. Since 1966, Jones and Lang has been locally owned and operated and supplying teams from T-ball to college. Stop by and see what we can do for you. We offer a wide variety of services from silk screening and embroidery to our custom trophy and awards department. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 and Saturday, 9 to noon. Remember, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Tent on Wheels, been tinting windows for over 28 years. Stop by and see Tracy and his fantastic professional staff at Tent on Wheels. Located in Columbia at 104 Wayne Street. Give them a call, 931-619-8468. That's 619-8468. Tent on Wheels, proud sponsor of Columbia American Little League Baseball. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. And on ESPN, presented by Dr. Pepper. You're listening to the World Series on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Bottom of the third here in Atlanta, Dan Schulman, Jess Mendoza, Eduardo Perez. No score in game three between the Astros and the Braves. It'll be the top of the order coming up for Atlanta. Eddie, take us back to the bottom of the second. It's a decision that has to be made. Runner at second, number eight hitter up, weak hitting pitcher on deck, two outs in the inning. Do you walk the number eight hitter or do you pitch to the number eight hitter? I think what Dusty Baker was thinking right there, he has a young pitcher on the mound, American League style. He doesn't understand what it is to maybe pitch around a little bit. Dansby Swanson pitch him difficult, nothing to get him hurt, so he decides to just walk him and face the pitcher. But early on in the game, if it's a National League pitcher on the mound and a veteran guy, you don't see him walking swans. So you make your life easier in the inning in which you're pitching, but you might make it harder in the next inning. Absolutely. Because instead of the pitcher leading on, hey, it's Eddie Rosario, who takes a breaking ball in for a strike, and it's 0-1. You turn the lineup over, and that's one thing that you don't want to do. Rosario, Freeman, Albies. Rosario struck out. In his first at bat tonight. Now two for ten in the World Series. Here's the 0-1 from Garcia, and that misses down and away a ball and a strike. We threw him a first pitch curveball at just 77 miles an hour, then came back with a changeup. And again, blowing into his hand. All the pitchers have to do is step step off the rubber, and then they can blow into their hands on the mound. 1-1. One, one. 
fastball and it's fouled to back into our left one and two. Luis Garcia is, is two different pitchers to lefties and righties to left-handed batters. He goes curveball and changeup is his primary secondary pitches. Those are the ones that he goes to. He doesn't throw those pitches to right-handed batters. He goes cutter and slider. So he has those four pitches that are separated into who's up to bat. And the only real common denominator is the fastball to both sides extensively. And there it is, up and away, two and two. And again, the way the Atlanta lineup is constructed, he will face three consecutive batters hitting from the left side here this inning. The next six guys in the order are all right-handed. 2-2, up and away again. Missed with his fastball and not close. It's a full count. Freddie Freeman waiting on deck. Shift on for the Astros. Big gap in right center field. Tucker in center several steps five six steps over toward the left center field alley here's the three two now and a fastball did he chase it they appeal but he didn't go says Alfonso Marquez down at third and that's a leadoff walk for Eddie Rosario and Eddie Rosario smiles as he's walking towards first because he was waiting for Tom Hyalian to say did I go this time because he surely held the bat, and it's almost very similar to what had happened in the first at-bat. What a start to the Braves. This should have been the start in the first inning right here with a runner on first and Freeman up. And what do you think is going through Freddie Freeman's mind, a guy who's been a Brave his entire career, 12 years in Atlanta, getting to play in a World Series game in his home ballpark, for the first time tonight, a guy who's been a six-time All-Star, an MVP, a Silver Slugger winner, won a gold glove. First pitch to him is lined hard, but foul down the left field line. And it is 0-1. I mean, he's just had a big grin on his face, even being down underneath because they were not taking batting practice on the field pregame. So running into him in the tunnels, I mean, <laughs> he was laughing, saying, man, everyone's been trying to get tickets. It's been crazy. But he's so happy to be here at home. Yeah, things probably in a weird counterintuitive way probably calm down for a lot of these guys when the game starts. Now pitch taken low, a check swing, appeal to third, and no swing. One and one on Freeman. We've seen Freddie consistently drive the ball the other way. And again, Alvarez playing a regular left field right now but you sort of have to play Freddie like a power right-handed hitter and play him deeper and left shift on for the Astros and the 1-1 outside 95 a little bit up as well 2-1 and one. and it, it can be a bit of a fine line here for Garcia with his command but he's really locked in or sometimes it can slip away from him quite quickly he walked one in the first. He's walked Rosario here in the third. And it's two and one on Freeman. The kick and the pitch. And a swing and a line drive. Base hit into left center. Tucker will cut it off. Rosario will round but then put the brakes on. Good throw back into third by Tucker. And Atlanta's got two men on with nobody out. Is that not just classic Freddie Freeman. I mean, he does such a beautiful job, Dan, of being able to place this ball in the left center field. And a bulk of his hits 
especially when he gets down in the count, is just a nice job of shortening up, hitting the ball hard to the opposite field. Martin Maldonado again on the mound with Carlos Correa talking to Luis Garcia. No coaches involved. You have Ozzy Albies up with runners at first and second. Old school baseball would say, let's just try to get the lead. Let's move them over. But I don't think that's going through the mind of Ozzy Albies right now. Bregman will be playing even with the bag at third, and the shift will be on for the Astros. Yeah, you're right. And to get him on, uh, get him on, get him over, get him in, Ozzy Albies wants to skip a step. He'd like to just get him in right here. And he certainly has the pop to do it. Switch hitter batting from the left side. Rosario at second. Freeman at first. Nobody out. And no score here in the bottom of the third. The set by Garcia. And the first pitch to Albies is a curveball pulled foul. 0 and 1. Well, that's one of those, you know, runners on and he's up. The hitters up there all excited trying to hit one out of the ballpark and don't throw him a fastball. And you see so many pitchers throw as slow of an off-speed pitch as they have in their arsenal <laughs> sometimes in spots like this. Ozzy Albies yet with a home run during the postseason. He's hitting 280. He's gotten his hits, but he hasn't really had damage with his hits. Correa stunting around the bag at second, trying to keep Rosario close. Is now another curveball from Garcia, but this one bounces in. It is one ball and one strike. Ozzy on an 11 game postseason batting streak. Only three extra base hits, two runs batted in so far for him. Bregman alone on the left side of the infield, about 20 feet off the line. The shift is on. Altuve moving a little further to his left. He's not deep. He is still on the dirt in case a ground ball comes his way. They'd love to force a runner, maybe start a double play even, so you can't be too far out there. As now Albies asked for time. In a very open stance from both sides of the plate. Even more pronounced from the right side than from the left, where he is right now. Garcia, a long stare into Maldonado, now straightens up at the sign. And the 1-1 to Albies is pulled just foul, past a diving Guriel down the right field line. One and two. I like it, Guriel. Even the first baseman, he committed to the baseball just not assuming it was going to stay foul one of the finalists three finalists for the gold glove award I'm I'm putting all my money on Julie this year to be able to win his first gold glove and Garcia still has not thrown a fastball to Albies in this at bat he's got his sign and the one two there's a fastball and it is fouled to back as Albies stays alive bat-to-ball skills of Ozzy Albies on display right now. I mean, him being able to just battle off, curveball in the dirt, fastball elevated above the strike zone with two strikes right now. Not easy pitches to foul off. And again, about a 20-mile-an-hour difference between the fastball and the curveball. The curveball, the slowest pitch in Garcia's arsenal. Here's the one-two again, and it's fouled to back again. Another fastball. 
Well, we talked about the weather early. It's doing okay right now. Again, it's cool. There's a bit of wind blowing out to left field. It has been misting slightly off and on, but all things considered, it's okay. It is plenty playable right now. And we haven't really seen any adventures because of the weather to this point. Garcia in a bit of an adventure, though, right now with a couple of men on and nobody out here in the third inning. He sets and fires, and he bounces in a curveball and a textbook block on that pitch by Maldonado. It's two and two. Well, he is showing Ozzie Albies a lot of different stuff right now, but he's been unable to put him away. And it's not going to get a whole lot easier with Austin Riley on deck for the Braves. Boy, and they love, I mean, they love so many of their players here, but they love Ozzie Albies here in Atlanta. Talk about a kid that loves to play here, took a hometown discount to stay a Brave for a long time. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. And Garcia gets Albies for the first out here in the bottom of the third. Change up. Showed him all kinds of pitches. He went with curveball to start him off through the cutter. Then went two fastballs through another curveball. And then right after that just turned it over with the nasty combio down and away. Great location. Big time strikeout. Yeah, and always walked back to the dugout, kind of tapping the side of his batting helmet as if to say, What are you doing? What are you thinking about? But I don't think that's on him. I think Garcia just made a great pitch right there. The first one pitch. that he saw. Yeah. First one he yeah. saw in the entire game. And it was a strike. I mean, got to swing at it. Here's Austin Riley, but first a step off by Garcia to look Rosario back to the bag. And that. <laughs> It's amazing how angry people get. And I know it's playful anger, but still how angry people get about that. You know, unless our guy does it. If our guy yes, does it, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, totally so, fine. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> playful anger. Playful anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Dan in a nutshell. <laughs> Swing and a miss by Riley. 0-1. I never said I would make sense all the time. That's that. If somebody sold you that. They sold you a bill of goods. <laughs> Playful anger. It's like the father That's of a, a three-year-old. Yeah. It's an oxymoron right there. Playful anger. Let me write that one down. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go back to the hotel room, turn on uh, Sports Center later on. Eddie will be doing a, his post-game hit, and I'll hear him say playful anger on TV tonight. Uh, no, it'll be Jess. <laughs> we got Jess on that I one. Yeah. Night oh. duty. I'm getting it in. All right. No score, bottom three. Rosario at second, Freeman at first. And the 0-1 to Riley. And a swing and a ball pulled past a diving Bregman down the left field line. End to score, Rosario. Freeman is going to be held on an RBI double by Riley. It is one to nothing, Atlanta. I have a feeling we'll start hearing the chance MVP as Austin Riley gets it consistently in this ballpark. He's come up with some big hits. This one a breaking pitch that stays up. Drills it past Alex Bregman at third as he continues to wipe the dirt off his arm and chest. 
two runners in scoring position now just one out. Bregman actually got a piece of it with his glove but couldn't corral it it ricocheted into foul territory down the line a very good effort by Bregman but could not come up with it so it is one to nothing Braves second and third one out the batter is Jorge Soler and the infield remains back certainly to, on a ground ball to second or short the Astros will concede a run now the first baseman Goriel charges in as Soler takes down and away ball one so a lot going on at the last moment just before the pitch came to the plate Yuli Gurriel charged in about four steps to be even with the bag Altuve and Correa on this cold night both with their right hands in their back pocket between almost every pitch trying to keep that hand as warm as they can here's the 1 0 to Soler and that's inside of the knees ball two Remember Brian Snicker coming into this game had the option in this position Jorge Soler or Jock Peterson he went with Soler the feel of the hot bat versus the left-handed bat that's the better odds against Garcia and Soler up in a very big spot right now here in the third inning the count in his favor 2-0 and and the pitch swing and a miss chased a breaking ball off the outside corner 2-1 and Again, you go back to that bottom of the second inning, and this is what you try not to create. The top of the order coming up with no outs, and it's all started with the walk. The Braves scoring first. The velocity for Garcia has come down a little bit here in the third inning, both on the fastball and on the cutter. Here's the 2-1 now to Soler, and he bounces one in. Three balls and a strike. Got a base open, but you got a guy with a lot of power in Adam Duvall in the on-deck circle. There's no way I throw him a fastball right here. Columbia Central Lions football on WKRM is brought to you in part by Parts Motor Sales, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Roof Systems, Inc., Right Care, Columbia Franklin Kubota, Tin Pin Alley, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, Holland's Pharmacy, Columbia Foodland, Beck Dental Care, Ned Rich and CSH Incorporated, Brown's Body Shop, Murray Regional Medical Center, Quick Marts, Davis Heating and Cooling, and by Sands Fence Company. Here's Lee Maddox. Welcome back, everyone, to Buford Gladney Stadium here in Spring Hill, Tennessee, as your Columbia Central Lions are leading here at halftime 14 to nothing over the Spring Hill Raiders in the Backyard Bowl, the fifth annual edition of this football game. And uh, welcome back. We, you know, we told you we were going to J.P. Plant and TriStar Friday Night Live, but those of you that were staying with us and listening, you obviously you know that wasn't JP. That was the Atlanta Braves uh, coverage, and as we are the Atlanta Braves Network here in Columbia, Tennessee, as uh, you know that you were listening there, the Braves are leading one to nothing now in the bottom of the third, and uh, that series tied at one apiece. Game three tonight. In Atlanta, and it'll be, and obviously we'll be back on tomorrow night. The Braves will be right here on 103.7, and then on Sunday night, hopefully to close out the series, and uh, you know get that first Switch world champion in 26 years. Yeah, so uh, we're here, right here. It's 14 to nothing. 
Columbia leads in the backyard bowl. Both teams are back out on the field warming up. Both bands from both schools uh, performed at halftime. Very great, uh, very good to see both of those bands and a lot of uh, excitement from the both sides of the, the crowds to cheer on the two bands from each of these high schools. Uh, and the one thing I wanted to, we heard a score at halftime. We did, we're keeping up with some of the scores. The ones that we're concerned with is who will Columbia play next week, and it's all up to Hillsboro High School. If they win tonight, it would be them uh, that would come to Columbia next Friday night for the first round of the playoffs. Hillsboro coming from Region 5, 5A, and uh, currently they are the third seeded team in that region. If they lose tonight, then Mount Juliet would be the uh, the team that we would face in Columbia. Again, it'll be a home playoff game as Columbia finishes second. They will take on the number three seed in Region 5. So right now at halftime, Wilson Central is leading Hillsboro 14-3 as I've been told. So we'll try to keep up with that score and uh, relay that on to you as well. But also, once the game's over, you can turn it over to 101.7 after the Summit game is over as well. You'll hear J.P. and uh, J.P. Plant and Murphy Fair will be on there to go over all the scores tonight after the Summit High School football game. And, and Summit is playing uh, Franklin, uh, Franklin High School in Franklin. Okay. Uh, and then we will be, as we did at halftime, we will be returning to the Braves broadcast when our broadcast here ends tonight after the game is over. So. Without a doubt, go Braves! Uh, go Braves! <laughs> yeah, I was. To- I heard on a, uh, some other announcer say this is this is what the this is the everything week for, for for about two weeks here. You've got almost every sport going. You got hockey going. Basketball is starting up. Uh, you've got baseball finishing up with the World Series. Uh, football still going. You know, so uh, for a sports broadcaster, this this is those, those the, the two week window and everything's going on and there's a lot to talk about. Without a doubt. And uh, as we're getting ready to start the third quarter, the second half of play here at this backyard bowl as Columbia leads 14 to nothing. And as Columbia won that the coin toss, they deferred. And they're now receiving for the second half as Adrian Hidalgo and Jordan Davis are standing at about their 13-yard line as uh, they await the kick from Spring Hill. Holden Murphy is the, uh, the sophomore kicker for the Raiders as he... Tees it up on the 40-yard line, and there's the whistle from the referee, and we're set to begin this third quarter of play of the Backyard Bowl. I would anticipate some kind of squib or onside just because they have nothing to lose back. Well, he kicks it deep. Wow. Kicks it away, and it's going to bounce through into the end zone, and uh, Jordan Davis will let it play out there, and we'll take it uh, first and 10 on the 20-yard line. So much my guess. Let's hope that we can – get a sustainable drive right here going and get some more points on the board and and get a cushion of this score i know we're up two touchdowns but uh it seems like we should be up more but we hadn't had that opportunity yet no uh not a lot of offense that first half columbia only had 117 rushing and 10 pass and spring hill only at 23 it was kind of a i don't one of those games where just nobody seemed to go columbia stopped themselves twice on a fourth down and then on a fumble 
So here come the Lions. First and 10 at their own 20-yard line to begin the third quarter. Q Martin in motion. Going to give to Caden McCoy up the middle, and he's hit right as he crosses the line of scrimmage. Only picks up one yard on the play before he's really hammered as he crosses that line of scrimmage. So really second and nine or second and eight. Maybe they might give him two here on the play, but more like second and a long eight is what he's got. But I guess that is at the 22-yard line is where they're they're spotting that ball. So second and eight for the Lions. It's kind of hard. The way they painted the field here, it's kind of hard to tell from up here. Uh, The stripes seem to be a little dim. Without a doubt. So let's see what the Lions got here. They stopped that play pretty quick. Here's Osselton. Fakes it to Davis. And he's throwing deep. Bubba Perkins is wide open at midfield. He's got it. He's got the completion and knocked down finally at the 40-yard line of the Spring Hill. Or the 41 is where he'll go down. And Bubba a little slow to get up. But what a great catch. And again, he had to wait on the ball to get there. He had his man beat by far. But he waited. He waited. He waited. And he gets that (laughs) ball. What a great a great connection between Bubba Perkins and Luke Usselton. But a yeah. great play there, uh, almost 40-yard play there for the Lions. If Usselton can get it, get rid of it just a, t- just a touch sooner, then it gives him a chance to keep running for that. First and 10 at the Raider 41-yard line. Luke Usselton in the wing T formation. There goes Q Martin in motion and gives to Q Martin around the left side. He's got room. He crosses the 30. He's on, on to the 20 down to the 15-yard line goes Q Martin. Uh, goodness gracious, that uh, I was looking. I thought I saw a flag, but thank goodness I didn't. So everything's good and clear there. And Terry, he's got some yardage on the night. I'm not sure what that's going to add up to, but he's had three, I know, just explosive plays in that same play, Coach Micah, that, uh, just that sweep around that the left sweep. side. Yeah, that jet sweep. Merlin's doing a great job of folding them down and giving him a lot of room to run. First and ten at the 15-yard line. Here's Caden McCoy. Give up the middle. He's going to get about three or two yards on the play before he's got down, brought down at the 15. So a pickup of two yards. It'll be second and eight for the Lions. Second and nine, maybe. Yeah, it is hard to see those. You can't see, especially on this. The, the Lions are moving left to right, and on the on the right side of the of the this end zone, uh, it's hard to see the yard markers. It's hard to see the numbers. It's or the the. The, what am I trying to say? The uh, hash marks. Yeah, hash I marks. can't see any hash marks on this end of the field. So, so here's Osselton, second and eight. Going to give to Davis around the right side. He's looking for room, trying to pick it, and he can't find any. And he's finally going to get converged on and going to lose some yardage. There's still – that's going to get a penalty. <laughs> Ooh, that was close. That was both Mac Ritchie and Jordan Davis going at each other kind of after the play. Uh, Richie wasn't going to let up, and Bubba, I mean, Jordan Davis didn't quite like that. So, no flags, thank goodness, but a loss on the play of about three yards. So, it'll be third and 11 for the Lions. I think it was Ryan, it was Bubba Perkins that stepped in. <laughs> yeah, and, he did a good job. Uh, he, and yeah, he, 
He grabbed him and pushed him out. Took, way. took our guy back and just said, hold it, you know, yep. calm down, calm down. We're okay. You know, nice there's, <laughs> there's already been notice. There's not going to be any unsportsmanlike or you're going to be completely out of the game. Here's Luke Austin looking in the end zone. He's got a man, and that's Bubba Perkins. Touchdown, Columbia. All alone in the back of the end zone, Bubba Perkins. Great pass from Luke Osselton. 15 yards on a 17-yard strike to for Columbia for the touchdown. Yeah, they uh, they just uh, Spring Hill just sold out on stopping the run on the sweep. We just did a little bootleg action out, and and he was able to get behind uh, behind the, the defensive backs and was wide open in the end zone, hitting hitting uh, perfectly. What a great connection there from Luke Osselton to Bubba Perkins for the touchdown, and now the extra point. There's the snap, the set, the kick, and it is good. With eight minutes, 21 seconds to go here in the third quarter, a new score as Columbia takes their opening drive of the third quarter and gets the touchdown. They're up now 21 to nothing in this backyard bowl over the Spring Hill Raiders. And we'll take a quick timeout by telling you you're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. And welcome back to Spring Hill High School where the Columbia Central Lions have gone up here in the third quarter on their opening drive. 21 to nothing now over Spring Hill in the backyard bowl as Max Patton will tee it up on his 40-yard line, ready, set to kick off to the Raiders. Caden Martin, one of the deep backs. That is five-yard line for the Raiders. And here comes the approach from Max Patton. Another great kick. And it's going to go deep down to the five-yard line. And the return man gets it up to the 25-yard line where it will be first and 10 for the Raiders. And returning that ball that time was Clay Robinson, a freshman for the Raiders, who was back deep with Caden Martin. Terry, what do you got? Uh, Lions won 80 yards in six plays, finished it off with a 17-yard pass from Musselton to Perkins, took 339 off the clock, kick was good, 21-0 Columbia with 831 to go in the third quarter. So here come the Raiders, first and 10 from their own 25-yard line, a little jet sweep around the left side, and it's going nowhere as Joseph Whaley fills that one out immediately for no gain, maybe even a loss of a yard on the play. Uh, as Joseph Whaley takes on uh, as Mason Lee was coming around, kind of a jet sweep around to the left side, the near side of us, and he had nowhere to go as Joseph Whaley Made a great tackle from his linebacker position. Yeah, and a corner uh, corner did a great job of sealing the sealing the outside and making sure that he couldn't turn the corner and turned him right back into a pursuit. And Whaley uh, finished the job for it on him. 
So Connor Swan now back at quarterback with Mac Ritchie on his left hip in the shotgun formation. Going to give to Ritchie around the right side. He's got a little room. There's holding out there on the outside, but they're not going to call it. That, they did call it. Thank Whoa. goodness he did throw it. That was a hold, and that's the only reason <laughs> Mac Ritchie made, made the turn, but was able to turn the corner there and picks up about three or four yards, and, um, but the flag finally comes in and has to be holding. We'll wait on yeah. the official, but now they're backing him up. Yeah. So it's definitely there's the call, a hold on the Raiders. Yeah, our defensive pursuit's doing a great job of stringing the plays out, and when they finally try to turn up into, into a seam, we're right there to meet them in the hole, and, and we're, we're doing a really good job at this point. Uh, looks like our intensity's picked back up a little bit since halftime. He was either holding the Hidalgo or the Andre <laughs> Mathers on that left side over there. I'm not sure who that was Probably getting both held. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was for sure one that was getting yeah. held, and and uh, and I could tell because it was that the one in the pink. He's got the pink sleeves yeah. on the receiver for the for the Raiders. So now here it is. Uh, second and 17. There's a handoff to Richie, and he goes nowhere. He's going to lose yardage as a host of pride of lines was waiting right there, including Mike Johnson and uh, Malik Smith and Jordan Brooks in on that tackle there as he didn't get anywhere as it's now going to be third and 18 as they'll spot the ball now at the 23-yard line, at the Raider 23-yard line. Seven minutes to go here in the third quarter. Columbia leading 21 to nothing. Connor Schwann, oh, there's a pistol, uh, the, a flag on the play. Our left end got a little bit antsy. Took a false step right there. Malik Smith jumps offside. He's had a, he's had a great game, so I'll give him that yeah. one. He's had a great game, and there comes Lewis to take him out. <laughs> but he has. Malik yeah. has been he's been all over the field tonight for sure, and he looks like he's a little winded or something. Well, I think it's one of those situations you make a you make a mental error like that. They're going to pull you for a play, let you rethink yourself, and, and, and he'll be back in a little bit, but uh, give Luke a chance here. Get on the pass rush. This is where the defensive linemen love it because they can just back their ears off and go. Oh, bad snap. As uh, finally gets it thrown out to the left flat, is goes to to Mac Ritchie, and he picks up minimal yardage there, not much at all. So that's going to put it up fourth down and long, and another punting situation for the Raiders. As the clock runs under six minutes, 20 seconds to go here in the third quarter. The backyard bowl is Columbia. The defense holds and uh, holding the Raiders to a punt. Or at least in a, what we think is a punt. Fourth and 13 from their 22-yard line. There's the snap. There's the punts away. A pretty good punt, a high punt. It's going to hit Est inside the 50-yard line. Now bouncing a Columbia bounce. <laughs> and Raiders were going to let it keep bouncing towards their own end zone. So they finally knock it down and spot it down at the 47-yard line of the Raiders is where the link, where the Columbia Lions will take over <laughs> first and 10 with five minutes and 48 seconds to go here in the third quarter. And... Uh, they are leading 21 to nothing. I'm looking over there, and there's fireworks going off. Do y'all see that yeah, way over there? Is, is that Halloween fireworks? I didn't know you had yeah. fireworks at Halloween, but I don't know. we're, we're seeing a fireworks show. Something. 
And there's spotlights way, way over there. That's like it. Saturn or GM uh, in the place. A reverse here to Q Martin around the left side. He's got room. He's across the 40. Oh, oh he oh, slipped he down at the 35-yard line. Otherwise, he might have gone all the way or gone a lot further as uh, it was a reverse to Jordan Davis and then to Q Martin around the left side as he had lots of room to run, and he gets the first down up to the Raider 35-yard line, first and 10 with five minutes and 30 seconds to go here in the third quarter. Columbia leads 21 to nothing. Wing T formation now with Luke Usselton, Caden McCoy, Q Martin, Jordan Davis. There goes Caden McCoy up the middle. He's got a little room, got five yards pick up just like that. So it'll be second and five for the Lions. I do believe those fireworks are uh, from. Um, Miller's Thrillers, I think. Oh, yeah, that's yes. what that is. They're opening, they're opening up tonight. Yep. Well, so. they've been open, right? Yeah, they've been up there. That's yeah. right. Uh, they're they're going to be closed yeah, after, tomorrow after, night. Yeah, after tomorrow night. After tomorrow night. I'd love uh, to. That's a, that's a neat place. I, we went a couple of years ago. And that's, that's a neat that's thing. In the, that's in the general area where it is. So Second and five for the Lions at the Raider 30-yard line. Usselton gives to... Caden McCoy up the middle. He's looking to reach to the first down marker. Not quite there. He gets to the 26-yard line, so it'll be third and one, looks like is what it'll be for the the Lions as they'll run this, keep running this clock. But I was going to take Caden McCoy. He's had a great, fantastic year as a sophomore. Coming into tonight, 103 rushes for 565 yards, over five and a half yards every time he touches the ball. Nine TDs, now 10. He's got one tonight. Outstanding running average right there. There's Luke Usselton, the quarterback sneak, and he's still on his feet. Got the first down, and uh, he, he almost he almost fell on his face with, with the lack of contact. I think he was anticipating some contact, yeah. and it wasn't there. He almost fell over uh, waiting, waiting for the hit. They'll spot him at the, let's see where they're going to spot him. 22, it looks like. I see where he is, but I was waiting to see where that guy puts it. Yep. First and 10 for the Lions. Is they're content to let this clock just keep running up 21 to nothing and now threatening for another score. Here's Usselton under center. Going to give the McCoy up the middle. He's got a hole. He's got five, six, seven more yards right there down inside the 15-yard line or right at the 15. Maybe he didn't get as much as I thought he did. He got seven or six anyway, so it's going to be second and four. Again, the the, uh, left side of the line is doing a fantastic job opening up in a hole. Uh, The only people that are making making the first hits are the the defensive backs and and linebackers that are hitting them five yards deep in in their own backfield. Second and three, I'm going to call it, from the 15-yard line for the Lions. Luke Usselton under center. Comes Jordan Davis up. There's a whistle. Looks like it's going to be a procedure call on the Lions. So that's going to back them up five. Those are, little, those are the little mistakes that will drive a coach crazy. You're, you're on a good drive here, and then all of a sudden now you put Push yourself a little bit out of schedule, just uh, with, a, with a slight mental lapse. Still, just kind of a misty type rain here tonight, and uh, around 53 degrees. 
here at Spring Hill High School. And, but not enough rain. To, nobody's got an umbrella out. Well, there's a, one or two umbrellas out, I see. Here's Usselton. He's going to give to McCoy up the middle. McCoy looking for room, trying to break it to the outside. But he's still on his feet. And uh, But... Finally, they take him out of bounds as they stop the clock over there on the far side. He picks up maybe about that five yards yeah. that they lost. He got hit about six times. They never did take him down. They no, finally just pushed him out of bounds. Yeah. Just running little, real simple off-tackle powers right now and uh, trying to reestablish, uh, reestablish that line of scrimmage, get some momentum back here, eat up the clock. <laughs> Without a doubt. So here's Usselton. A wing T formation. Jordan Davis in motion. Give to him around the right side. He's looking for a block, and there's one. He breaks one tackle, or almost breaks it. And they finally bring him down at the inside the 10-yard line. He's going to have his first down and goal now at the 9-yard line for the Lions as the clock continues to roll now at two minutes to go. Columbia looking to add to their 21 to nothing lead here over the Spring Hill Raiders in the backyard bowl at Spring Hill, Tennessee. Yeah, he's running hard and trying to make it one little extra yard. I wish he had tucked that ball in a little bit tighter. Make sure he doesn't turn it over again. That's that's the coach talking. Yep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no doubt. First and goal at the nine-yard line. Here's Osselton. Jordan Davis in motion. Give to McCoy on the right side. Not much there at all. He makes it back to the line of scrimmage, and that's it. Second and goal from the ninth. Rain picking up a little bit now. Now the umbrellas are starting to come out. Thank Spring. goodness y'all got this tent for us. Spring Hill noticed something there because they shifted almost a half of their defense yeah. over and right right into the hole where we were trying to go. So evidently they've seen something uh, in a pattern or something that we're doing and, and uh I would, I would anticipate Coach Moore here uh, running some kind of reverse or counter play just to kind of make sure they don't do that too much. It's wet. It's really the rain is coming down a little harder now, and he's going to give to Q Martin on the left side. Q Martin is into the end zone. Touchdown, Columbia. 39 seconds to go as the clock continues to run there. Now they finally stop it with 37 seconds. But Q Martin, that jet sweep around the left side, his I think that's his second touchdown of the night. So Q Martin has just uh, had a fantastic night running the ball for the Lions as they go up now 27 to nothing, awaiting the extra point attempt from Max Patton. Lewis Maddox, the center. Perry Bowman, the holder. Here's the snap, the, oh, the set, and the kick is no good. Oh, me. It was a, a, not, a, not a great snap from Lewis for sure. Perry kind of, and of course, it's wet now for sure. So, anyway, extra point, no good, but still 27 to nothing now for the Columbia Central Lions. So, 37 seconds to go here in the third quarter. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
And welcome back to Spring Hill High School where the Columbia Central Lions are now leading 27 to nothing here at the Backyard Bowl with that touchdown run from Q Martin. And we'll get the scoring summary here just after the kickoff as Max Patton tees it up on his 40-yard line and approaches the ball. There's a kick. Another great kick from Max Patton. Caden Martin takes it at his six-yard line, crosses the 20, and guess who makes the tackle? <laughs> Max Patton. Who he said is, a kicker can't tackle? <laughs> boy, what a great effort. That's twice. Two really nice efforts, and thankful to Rachel Patton. Mom there is making sure we knew that that was Miller's Thrillers, that we're seeing the fireworks, and she's seeing that we're seeing her son put on a good display of kicking and tackling it's, right here tonight. It's a good thing he was in that hole because it was wide open if he wasn't there. Terry? Columbia went 47 yards, nine plays, a nine-yard run by McCoy, took 5.31 off the clock, kick was no good, 27 nothing Columbia, with 37 seconds left in the third quarter. Now the Raiders take over first and ten, handoff to Caden Martin, and he's going to get five yards from his starting at his own 20. And it'll be second and five. Let's see where they spot it. They're saying he's at the 30, but he still hadn't put the ball down. Now they got it on the 30-yard line, second and five or so. And there's the end of the third quarter. So a new score here, 27 to nothing as Columbia gets two touchdowns in this set third quarter. And now we'll get ready for the final stanza of the backyard bowl here at Spring Hill as Columbia leading now 27 to nothing. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Columbia Central Alliance Football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hello, I'm Rick Whitley. And I'm Daniel Pollard from Jones and Lang Sporting Goods. We would like to take this opportunity to thank all of you for the many years of support. Since 1966, Jones and Lang has been locally owned and operated and supplying teams from T-ball to college. Stop by and see what we can do for you. We offer a wide variety of services from silk screening and embroidery to our custom trophy and awards department. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturday, 9 to noon. Remember, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. This is Coach Mike, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKRM 103.7 FM, Columbia, Tennessee. Welcome back to Spring Hill High School as we begin fourth quarter play here at Spring Hill High School as your Columbia Central Lions leading 27 to nothing over the Raiders. The Raiders have the ball at their own 30-yard line facing a second and six. At least that's what that yard marker says over there. They did start at their 26-yard line, right, Terry? I'm I got assuming. 25. Okay. Well, they, they've got that first down. There's Caden Martin trying to break it to the outside. He's not going to do it. Matthias Ward from his linebacker position makes a great stop along with Mike Johnson in on that play. Mike Johnson coming from his defensive tackle position and just strung that ball out. Strung Martin all the way out down the line. He picks up maybe a yard on the play. I'm going to call it maybe two yards. It's going to be third and four. That's what it looks like. He's got a yard to gain is at the 36. But here's Connor Swan in the shotgun formation. 
He's going to fake it to Martin this time. Now he's looking to throw, and there's the pass, and incomplete, but should have been complete, but his intended receiver there hit him in the numbers and just dropped it. I don't know if our defender got a hand on it or not. He made a break on the ball in front of it to uh, knock it down or, or try to pick it, and uh, he missed it, or maybe he got a piece of it, and that may have been why he dropped it. How's that Clay Robinson that uh, the intended receiver and uh, Evan Miller for the Lions from his safety position at defending. And now here's Brigham back at his 16-yard line to punt away. Back deep is Jay Frierson, and I'm not seeing the other number here. Oh, ball's thrown on the ground or hiked on the ground, but a great punt, a great effort to get the ball out. But... Not sure where they're going to be able to mark that one when this referee is 40 yards away. And he's going to – is he going way that far? Goodness no. gracious. Yeah. No, what, what they, oh, no, he's coming up now. Yeah. There he a, goes. I was he's a at linesman. the 30. I, I did officiating before. Yeah. And what it is is yeah. that official stands where the ball was kicked from. He sees where it went out of bounds, and he has the referee go behind that, walk up till it crosses that path. That's how they place it. Well, a great effort after a botched uh, snap on the punt from, from the kicker Brigham as he gets it, boot, boots it away after it was on the ground, picks it up and gets it away. A good punt down to the Columbia 30-yard line where the Lions will take over with 10 minutes and 58 seconds to go. They're leading 27 to nothing. Still all first-teamers in there right now. Might think about trying to rest some of them. Uh, there's a handoff to McCoy up the middle. He's going to pick up about three on the play. Still a little action going on there. You need to back up, Caden. <laughs> Don't play with him. And I, I mean, you guys, I'm not, I'm not the coach, but we're we're up 27 to nothing here in the fourth quarter. It's you know spitting rain, and the game is all but, but kind of, uh, I don't know determined and you've got a huge game next week that you know you're playing so you might start thinking about getting some extra players in here and resting some of your resting some of these guys here's Osselton he's gonna give there's a reverse there's a ball on the ground and the Raiders have it at the 28 yard line trying to do a reverse between Davis and Q Martin and the ball just comes out it's wet and uh you know, Plus, the te- handoff technique there wasn't very good either. Uh, they're supposed to be making pockets, and they didn't. They tried to – they basically did a squ- what I call scoop the hands. And uh, just like you said, under the conditions, uh, that's going to that's gonna lead you to a fumble on that. So, here's a great opportunity. Maybe <laughs> I spoke too soon. We don't need to take out guys yet, but I, I still I believe I would. I believe I'd be trying to kind of – kind of rotate a lot more of my starters out and some of the other guys in uh, with a 27-point lead with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Here's uh, Swan. He's going to do a pitch sweep to Cade Martin and a great play. Who was that? Was that Cordell coming in from his safety position to make some, yeah. makes a great play, a great tackle over there on the far sideline for a minimal pickup for Martin. You recognize the pitch right there, and he can what we call run the alley uh, when our when your corner seals the edge and and everybody else gets sealed off. There's literally an alley that forms, and the safety's job is to run up that alley and, and make the play like that. Uh, once he recognizes that run sweep, great play there by yeah. Isaiah Cordell, the senior for the Lions. 
So second and seven, a pickup, the second and eight, pickup of two on the play. Ball at the 28-yard line, 27-yard line. There's a try of a, a screen pass trying to get to Caden Martin, but Caden Martin, but no, that ball's incomplete right there in the middle of the field. So it'll our be third and seven. Our defensive front did a really good job recognizing the screen right there. They, they, they recognized that the lineman quit blocking him, and they just peeled back and, and ran back with him, and he had no place to throw it. Uh, he kept dropping back, and no one was coming with him. So somebody took a timeout. Nine, nine minutes, 19 seconds to go here in the fourth quarter. We'll take a quick timeout with them by telling you you're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. For the 75th year, Columbia Central Lions football plays on WKRM. Back to the booth, here's Lee Maddox. Welcome back to Spring Hill High School as the Spring Hill Raiders in good position here, or at least in good field position after the turnover. They're at their own, or at the Lion 26-yard line, a third and seven coming up here. In the fourth quarter, nine minutes, 19 seconds to go. Here's Swan, backs up in the shotgun formation, throws to his receiver, Richie, to the right side. Incomplete goes that ball. Christian Biggers defending along with DeAndre Mathers and Malik Smith doing a little dance out there for us to the band music playing on the far side. I hope you can hear the <laughs> Columbia band playing. And uh, as a reminder, too, now it's fourth fourth and seven, and, of course, Spring Hill's going to go for it right here. But just a reminder that next week we will be on the air for the first playoff game to be held at uh, Columbia Central High School since 2012, the first home playoff game. So we're excited about that. Still don't know who we'll play. If Hillsboro wins tonight, it'll be Hillsboro. If not, it'll be Mount Juliet. One of those teams will be coming to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And uh, Spring Hill takes the timeout. Yeah, we'll too long we'll to just stay in. right here with it. Yeah, yeah. they took too long to get that play in. I think the coach was trying to decide which play was best or trying to get people lined up and uh, just took too long to, to, to get it set up. Um, so they had to take a timeout to avoid the penalty. Uh, defense is doing a really good job of shutting down. You know, they're getting bits and pieces plays, you know, uh, five and six at it, you know, and then they then they get shut down three or four plays in a row. So the defense has done a really good job of, of holding them in check tonight. Without a doubt, and this rain still coming kind of down. I mean, it's uh, it's kind of been. Uh, I mean, it's still just a misty yeah. type rain. There's some people, a lot <laughs> of people that have that have uh, umbrellas out, but most people are not. That's the way I'm seeing it. But we're really? getting a kind of little wet. Up here yeah. under the under this tent, but not not that bad. And feels like it's gotten just a little cooler. Got considerably know. cooler. Yes. <laughs> here. Well, I'm still showing 54 degrees, so that's well. about what it was when we started. But it feels the winds feel cooler. That's true. Balls on the ground. 
Swan just has to fall on it. It's a bad snap, a low snap at his feet, and he just has to fall on it at the 30-yard line. So right there, Columbia will take over first and 10. Now, guys, seriously, this is when we should be trying to rotate some of our starters out and bring some guys in to – but not sure if that's what the coaches feel, but, again, I'm not the coach. Yeah. I'd like to see them different, rest. Different, different coaches have different philosophies on that, uh, trying to maintain uh, maintain sharpness or whatever. Uh, but I'd like know, to some, see them some, rest yeah. for that home playoff game. First time in almost a decade that we'll have a home playoff game. Here's Luke Usselton. He's going to throw it, oh, and he's got open. Bubba Perkins wide open downfield. There's the pass, oh, and the, almost the catch. It hit him right in the numbers, and that's a little late hit out of bounds right there. But uh, but Bubba Perkins has a good throw from Luke Usselton to Bubba Perkins all the way down to the, the Spring Hill 35-yard line is where he throws that ball. So uh, they're just trying to, I guess, work on some things. Yeah, I work, guess so. Get, getting some kinks out on some of their – they're passing possibly uh, on some other plays they don't run very often. Uh, he had he had that one turned his head just a little bit, see a little bit quick, see where he was running, and uh, usually that that ends up with the drop. So second and ten from the 30-yard line from the Columbia 30-yard line, and there's a handoff up the middle to Jordan Davis, but a flag stops the play or whistle stops the play with a flag. It's going to back up the Lions for the legal procedure call. I didn't see that one. So. I didn't either. Nope. Let's not have had somebody set long enough or something. I know we were trying to hurry because we were down to one second on the on the play clock, but uh... second and fifteen from the twenty-five now with eight minutes. 59 seconds to go here in the ball game. Columbia leading comfortably 27 to nothing over Spring Hill. It'd be nice to maintain the shutout for sure. There's a man, what a play. It looked like he got over the line. It was Mac Ritchie coming from his blitzing from the middle linebacker position, and he takes Luke Usselton down uh, very strong in the backfield before he could even get turned around. Looked like Elselton was going to try to throw that ball again this time. He did a good job just hanging on to the ball as quick as he was hit. Now, their linebackers uh, seem to have some timing on our snap count. Elselton needs to change the snap count just a little bit, either to go uh, uh, a count quicker or a count, a count later, probably a count later, and get them to jump over. Um, so third and 20. He can, slow that, he can slow that rush down an awful lot just by changing the count up. Columbia at their own 20-yard line, third and 20. Another blitz looking coming from the Raiders. But a gift to Q Martin around the left side. He makes one tackle miss. And he's still on his feet. And he's, that should be a penalty. He's throwing him out of bounds. And they're not going to throw it. Right here on the sideline, the Spring Hill sideline. I mean, that was just uncalled for. Well, he didn't that take him all the way to the bounds. Yeah, I know, he, but he's still – they're out of bounds, and he's still throwing yeah. him. So, Not that I disagree with you, but it, I, I'm just letting you know yeah. the referees look. That, you know, he didn't take him all the way to the ground, so uh, probably just kind of eased up to him and said, hey, cool it off. <laughs> that wind's picking up. Yeah. Blowing somewhere. We're Obviously, we're outside. We're not inside tonight on going, top of the press box. Going for it on fourth and five. No, no, Max. no, that's Max Patton. Max, Max oh, in there. Nah, never mind. 
Now a flag. <laughs> hey, maybe we can get them jumping off. No, I think illegal. Yeah, illegal, illegal substitution, substitution on somebody. Oh, that gives oh, us first down. It should. They gave it to them. Dad Gummit earlier. Why wouldn't it? It does us. So let's bring that yeah. offense back on the field. Thank you. First and ten now for the Lions after the illegal substitution on the Raiders' part. Gives us the automatic first down at the 40-yard line for the Lions now with seven minutes, 43 seconds. Again, I would look to try to – it's still all first-teamers in there. Wing T formation. Give to Jordan Davis around the right side, looking for blocks. Cutting back, crosses the 45. Down at the 46-yard line goes Jordan Davis. So a good six-yard pickup for Davis on first down. Now second and four. He really did a good job there showing a lot of patience and, and staying behind his blockers and letting them work for him and, and easing up uh, until he really didn't get hit until right before he got taken down right there. Clock runs, seven minutes, ten seconds to go here in the fourth quarter. The backyard bowl. Rain kind of coming sideways. You can hear it running. And there's Caden McCoy up the middle, and he's going to reach midfield. Looks like he's got enough for the first down and right at the line to gain. Let's see what they say. Looks like a first down to me. No, yeah, now, they just back a little him. Bit short. now they back him up. No, they're going to give him the first down. Yeah. They went ahead and marked it forward. Huh? Good deal. Right at ball, right at midfield. Under seven minutes now play to play in the backyard bowl. Luke Usselton under center. Give it to Jordan Davis around the right side. He's got room. He's got one tackle to make, to, to break, and he gets it all the way down to the inside, the, or right at the 25-yard line of the Raiders goes Jordan Davis. A great, great run, great effort by Jordan Davis, but a great effort by the Columbia offensive line to make that initial hole for him to get through, and then it was just all Jordan Davis speed. Yeah, Coach Martin noticed that they were overplaying to our strength, and then he ran that little Sally play back to the weak side and had a good hole and, and made a really, really good cut at the line to get up the field. Here's Usselton under center. Here comes a blitz. Give to McCoy. He barely gets back to the line of scrimmage. Actually makes a couple of yards after being hit right at the line of scrimmage. And that'll make it second and about eight. As they're just running this clock, and yeah, they're not going to substitute. They're primed for a, a hard count right here. As, as hard as they're trying to blitz through the A gap, they're sending the linebackers through the A gap, trying to disrupt the play before it really gets started. If he just uh, goes on a hard count and uh, lengthens the count just a little bit, here's Usselton, kind of a pitch sweep to Q Martin. He gets across the line of scrimmage, still on his feet, but uh, he's finally down. He's going to only pick up about a yard. There's a, two flags. Not sure who that's going to be on. Hope it's not on Q. I think that last little shove at the end. From Q or the no, others? No, from, from their defense. Both of them just kind of, after the whistle's blown, they just kind of pushed, yep. him, pushed him a little extra right there. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Yeah, that's a good move against the refs there. Thank you very much. 
Much, so. to, much to the disagreement of the home crowd. <laughs> First and 10 now for the Lions at the Raider 11-yard line with five minutes and 10 seconds to go here in the ball game. Luke Osselton under center. Give to McCoy, and he gets hammered right at as he at the point of attack as he gets the ball from Usselton. He's going to lose a couple of yards there. Tackled in the backfield. As yeah, the, Spring Hill's just, their linebackers are just selling out, blitzing through the eight. You know, they're picking a gap, and, and they're trying to time the snap. And uh, sometimes they're getting through. Again, you know, needs to vary the snap count to keep them from being able to do that. Four and a half minutes to go here at the Backyard Bowl. Columbia comfortably up 27 to nothing, trying to add a little more to it as he gives to Jordan Davis, hits one tackle and breaks out of it, still on his feet around the right side and gets inside the 10-yard line down to almost the 8-yard line before he's finally brought down. That'll make it second, or excuse me, third and about seven yards to go for the first. Got to make it to about the one or the two for the first down for the Lions. Coach Moore yeah. still content with leaving that first team in here with three minutes and 50 seconds to go. He's trying to get this one more score, and surely he'll turn the rest of the team loose. Here's Usselton. Give to McCoy on the left side. He's trying to rank, get around the corner, and he does, and he's in the end zone. He hits that pylon. Touchdown, Caden McCoy. That time he just outran the defense because uh, they got outside the blockers that time, and he just outran them to the corner. Great effort by Caden McCoy for his second touchdown of the night. That's 11 on the year for Caden McCoy. He's got three, so he's got 12 touchdowns on the year. Goes Caden McCoy. And that makes the score a new score now, 33 to nothing. Waiting the extra point attempt by uh, Max Patton. Three minutes, 33 seconds to go here in the backyard bowl. Hope you can hear the band over there. Great night for the Columbia Lions taking care of business. Here's the snap, the set, the kick, and it is good. There you go, a new score, 34 to nothing here at the Backyard Bowl for the Columbia Central Lions over the Spring Hill Raiders with three minutes and 33 seconds to go here in the ball game in the fourth quarter. We'll take a quick timeout by telling you you're listening to Columbia Central Lions football on the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. AMC Roofing. Leaking roof? Missing shingles? AMC Roofing has you covered. Locally owned and operated. We specialize in residential roof repairs and roof maintenance. We are equipped to repair any type of residential roofing systems. And we also handle siding repairs. AMC Roofing can pinpoint leaks and have them fixed guaranteed. There is no job too small. But when you're ready, we also provide full roof replacements. Call or text today for a free estimate. AMC Roofing. Your local roof repair specialist. Call Andrew 
through Costa today, 931-626-0492. And welcome back to Spring Hill High School where the Columbia Central Lions add another score to their game tonight. 34 to nothing now over the Spring Hill Raiders in this fifth annual Backyard Bowl. Max Patton now set to kick off one more time from his own 40-yard line. He approaches the ball and there's the kick. Another great kick from Max Patton as Caden Martin gets it at his six-yard line. He's quickly across the 20, the 30, and now he's on his way. He's finally tripped up by Jay Frierson at the 45-yard line, at his own 45-yard line. And, and now Austin Carnahan is being helped off the field. He's got a, been a little banged up on that kick return team. Actually, they get they are going to spot it right at midfield. Goes Caden Martin, so a great return for him to get Spring Hill in good field position here at the 50-yard line as the trying to get something on the board for the Raiders. And what a great effort on behalf of the Lions as Watson what? Harvey comes from his linebacker position and just destroys that whatever attack that is, that, that was running that. attack. And that's what they were trying to do in the first quarter. Yeah, that, that was that offset T again. They were just trying to do a quarter, little quarterback sweep. He saw, he recognized the set, recognized the play, came through on the backside A gap and outran him, uh, just ran him down from behind and made a great play in the backfield. So a loss of four on the play, second and 14 for the Raiders. Shotgun snap and completion pass now to number 11 for the Raiders. And my page is all the way up. That's Mason Lee, the senior wide receiver for the Raiders, who gets the first down all the way down to the 39-yard line of Columbia. Two minutes, 30 seconds to go here in the ballgame. Connor Swan in the shotgun, looking to throw deep all the way down to looking for Mason Lee again, but incomplete. Ball is well overthrown. And defending out there was not sure who that is. It is a, a backup, of course. It's in there. It was Quintero Sharp was in there. Yeah, they had some success. They ran a stop route a while ago, had success. They ran a stop and go that time and just overthrew him. Our, our defensive back did a great job staying with him. Here's Connor Swan. This time just going to hand it off to Caden Martin, and uh, DeAndre Mathers hits him initially, and then he's brought down by a pride of Lions, Jaravius Hall and Tristan Harden and Joseph Whaley in on that tackle for really no gain on the play, so it'll be second and ten, excuse me, third and ten for the Spring Hill Raiders. Ball spotted at the Columbia 39-yard line. As Levante Addison comes in at linebacker. There's a handoff up the middle to Max Ritchie. He's got a lot of room to run as he's over the 20 down to the 16-yard line before he's finally brought down. Just a little quick give up the middle to Max Ritchie, the senior running back for the Raiders. Gets a good gain on that play. Had a big hole that time uh, and uh, wasn't hit until he was 10 yards up the field. 
Approaching a minute to go here in the backyard, Bo, is uh, Spring Hill trying to get on the board here at the first and 10 at the 18-yard line. A give to Richie again on the right side this time, but he is hit quickly by Malik Smith and Mike Johnson, both of them right there very quickly on the play. For really no gain again. Has been a great defensive effort for the Lions tonight to, to, to hold this shutout. Now we're 45 seconds to go, second and 10 for the Raiders. They're desperately trying to get some points on the board. So here's Connor Shaw, Connor Swan. He's got a completion to Mason Lee all the way down to the two-yard line, almost the one-yard line. Goes Mason Lee for the quick pass from... And the clock will start running after the mark of the chains at 29 seconds to go. First and goal now for the Raiders at the one-and-a-half-yard line. A give. No, he's going to be tackled in the backyard. Backfield is uh, Joseph Whaley. Makes a great, a great defensive play there as he blitzes from his linebacker position and takes Swan down for a loss of about six on the play. And oh, gosh, there we got a... An injury, or at least the so-called injury with 12 say, seconds to go. I'm wondering if that's a, a, a chance to stop the clock. <laughs> they still had one timeout left. So. Okay, they did take the timeout. Let's see. Yeah, there's yep. timeout. Yeah. We'll just stay right here as Terry Young, hope, hoping you're working on those stats. And oh, man, maybe I got we, some good ones. Okay. <laughs> got 12 seconds to go, and they'll spot the ball at the nine-yard line, so a loss of about eight on the play there from Joseph Whaley as he just shot through that backfield and and uh, around that right side of the of the deep or the left side of the offense as he made a great play on the quarterback sack. Point of pride right now, you know, you got 12 seconds to hold your shutout. You you want uh, defense always always wants that goal that accomplish that goal of a shutout. Uh, shutout against anybody is a, is a big accomplishment, and uh, 12 seconds to, to to reach this. So here we go, Connor Shaw all alone in the shotgun. 12 seconds, second and goal from the nine. Shaw going to keep it himself, or Swan, I said He's going to keep it himself, and he's going to go to inside to about the five-yard line, and they're going to stop the clock with one more timeout. I guess that's their last timeout with five seconds to go. It's actually their fourth. Okay. Well, they were at zero. We'll let them have it. We'll let them have five. Somebody, them have somebody forgot to mark one down. Yeah. The scoreboard had it zero, so. Connor Swan. Well, none, none of the referees are indicating, so they're all marking. <laughs> they're all checking their book and stuff. So going, uh, evidently, hey, <laughs> evidently, there's not a not an issue there. So, well, Columbia has been, as I said at the beginning, uh, they've been averaging, uh, giving up 18 points a game. And scoring 28 points a game. So they've really upped their average on both of those yeah. fronts tonight. They're leading 34 to nothing over Spring Hill. Five seconds to go. This should be should be the last play as it's not sure what down. It should be third down. The marker over there says second. 
the last the play. scoreboard yeah, says first. It's going to be the last play. Here's Swan. He's going to try to throw it in the end zone and knocked away by Christian Biggers. N no good. No an incomplete pass there is uh, Christian Biggers. Just knocks that ball down. What a great play on behalf of the senior Christian Biggers as uh, the clock finally goes to three zeros, triple zeros, and Columbia holds on, and they take the score off the scoreboard really quick. But they, they hold on tonight in the backyard bowl, 34 to nothing, as both teams meet at now at midfield to uh, congratulate one another. And both coaches there at midfield uh, talking with one another. It's good to see that, the good sportsmanship, even though it was a very lopsided victory tonight for the Lions. But we're glad we're, we, we were part of it. And this fifth annual Backyard Bowl as they're bringing the trophy in. It's been living in uh, the Columbia field house there for the last five years. And it will go back for another year as they bring the trophy out uh, Murray County Athletic Director Chris Pointer and I guess that's uh, Athletic Director for Columbia Central Dr. Milton Nettles are bringing the trophy out and they're going to present that to the Columbia Lions once again yeah. for the fifth year in a row. Yeah, very workmanlike uh, game tonight. Uh, you know, kind of what I call lunch bucket game. Uh, conditions were, were kind of tough. Uh, you know, a little misty rain and, and stuff, but they just they did their job. The offensive line, the defensive line did a really, really good job controlling the line of scrimmage and uh, were able just to, to execute where they wanted to. Um, had a couple of lapses here and there with uh, with some focus, but, but got it back pretty quick and, and just handled their business, uh, did what they needed to do to win the game tonight. They really did, and so we're just proud to bring you this game, uh, the 10th game of the year here for the Lions as they improve their record to 6-4 and four on the year. Had already, had already um, uh, secured the second spot in the Region 6, Region 6-5A to finish second, and that means they host that playoff game next Friday night at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. The, the team is yet to be determined. We hadn't gotten a score yet on the Hillsboro game, but if Hillsboro wins tonight over Wilson Central, they will be coming to Columbia. If Wilson, I mean, if Hillsboro loses, then Mount Juliet would be coming to Lindsey Nelson Stadium. So we'll just wait and see and find out. We'll let you know as soon as we do. Now, here's a, here's a great sportsmanship yeah. as both teams now gathered at midfield uh, for the presentation of this trophy. And I'm not sure what else, but, oh, there it is, given the trophy and that's really neat that uh, Columbia or that Spring Hill players are out there with them as part of this presentation. That's pretty neat. Terry, what do you got? Okay, uh, final stats. Uh, Columbia wound up with 258 yards rushing, 67 through the air. Uh, the big the big uh, rushing outage on it was uh, McCoy with 120 and three TDs. Spring Hill, uh, they were held to 47 yards rushing and 29 yards passing. Some of their rushes were deleted, well, slowed down, if you will, by they had an awful lot of negative plays on the rushing game. So, And final score, we have 34 to nothing, Columbia. And I'm seeing that they're giving Q Martin the offensive player of the game award and Mike Johnson the defensive player of the game award. Now both teams uh, gathering together to have a little prayer. At least some of them are anyway. So it's really good to see. 
and uh, fantastic sportsmanship on behalf of the Spring Hill Raiders after losing, you know, a contest like this. And they should not really want something you'd want to do at 34 to nothing, but that shows a lot of character on behalf of, of the Spring Hill Raiders. Yeah, yeah, they they really wanted to get that last score there at that last play, and, and it was it was real disappointing. You could see you could see the disappointment. Uh, two or three of them were you know down kind of down on their knees, uh, just just kind of contemplating that last play. Uh, so, you know, like you said, it shows a lot of character for them to come up and, and to, to gather around for that and to have that, uh, that, sh- that short moment after the game. Uh, Spring Hill's got, you know, they've got a good future. They've got, they've got a pretty good coaching staff. They're going to they're, they're gonna climb. They're young, and uh, they're, they're having to rebuild a little bit and, and paying their prices. They're paying the, taking their lumps, as, as we say, in the coaching profession right now. So uh, we'll, uh, you know, Look, we'll look forward to them to being a lot tougher in, in the coming years. Without a doubt. So it's been a great night. It's been a great season. And now we start the second season. And that's something that every player on this team, every coach on the team, is all that, that was the goal all along. Let's get to the second season. And that second season starts next Friday night. And for the first time in almost a decade, the Columbia Central Lions will host a home playoff game either Hillsboro or Mount Juliet coming from Region 5, 5A. And we'll know about that as soon as that game is over. And uh, just to let you know that you can turn it over to 101.7 and you'll hear all those scores and highlights from J.P. Plant and Friday Night Live along with Murphy Fair giving some uh, conversation as well. To They've got coverage of all and the I games George all Plaster across the state. No, George, is, he's on. That's right. He's, no, no, he's not he's, on. He's on he's at the beginning. At the and beginning, at, at okay. halftime, yeah, yeah. So this is it'd be Murphy. To, they they cover every game across the state. They'll go over every score, and then they'll be they'll clue us all in on the playoff situation and who's playing who next Friday night as that second season begins. With the you know the the eye now is on to make it to Chattanooga, and uh, there's a chance that Columbia obviously has that home playoff game next week and then they will they will uh you know they'll be in a bracket that they'll play the winners of the region five bracket that's who will meet and then they'll take on that next bracket it could be a home game right then because the way the way the playoff brackets is made or made this year is that the the bracket that columbia's in every Every other year, they change who gets to host in that third Third round round. and the fourth round. And then, obviously, the the fifth game would be the state championship in Chattanooga on that Friday night, December the 4th, I believe it is. Terry? And we do do have a final. Uh, Wilson Central beat Hillsborough 24 to 16. 24 to 16. So that means Mount Juliet will be coming to Columbia. And uh, just Next so Friday you know, night. Mount Juliet is up at halftime on Green Hills, fourteen to seven. Wow! Well, and that's probably past halftime. Yeah, that, yeah. That was the latest update was halftime. Yeah. Wow. So that's, be, that's kind of a surprise. Yeah, it'll be Mount Juliet then that will be coming to Columbia. Uh, that's who we'll we'll face next Friday night. So looking forward to it. Can't wait to get there and. Uh, we just appreciate uh, everybody listening in to the regular season. The, the Lions finished the year 6-4, and four, finished second in Region 6-5A. So, guys, 
That's about it. It's been right? a lot of fun. Looking forward to next week already. And you can stay tuned to we'll be joining the Braves, Braves. as they're still up one to nothing in the uh, somewhere around the fourth inning. So you can tune in and listen to the Braves win tonight. And uh, we just appreciate everybody listening. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, as I'm wiping the, the, <laughs> the rain <laughs> off of my notes here, thanks for tuning in to our broadcast of Columbia Central Lions football, where your final score is Columbia 34, Spring Hill 0 in the fifth annual Backyard Bowl. Tune in next week as the Lions will host Mount Juliet in the first round of the TSSAA football playoffs right here on 103.7 WKRM and Front Porch Radio. Coming up next, you'll listen to Braves Baseball. We'll join them in progress, and uh, you can tune it over to 101.7 to get all the scoring updates. So for Coach Mike Lyles, Terry Wilcox, I'm Lee Maddox, saying good night from Spring Hill. This has been a presentation of the Front Porch Sports Radio Network. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Columbia Central Lions football on WKRM is brought to you in part by Parts Motor Sales, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Roof Systems Inc., Right Care, Columbia Franklin Kubota, Ten Pin Alley, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, Holland's Pharmacy, Columbia Foodland, Beck Dental Care, Nedrich and CSH Incorporated, Brown's Body Shop. Murray Regional Medical Center, Quick Marks, Davis Heating and Cooling, and by Sands Fence Company. You're listening to the home of the Columbia Central Lions for the past 75 years on WKRM, 103.7 and 1340 AM.